This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by your boys, me, Gary Butterfield, and Cole Ross, and both of us have cool new projects in the works. If you want to check out Cole's long-form explorations of the survival horror genre in games, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash hexcrank, and if you want to check out my B-movie zine, you can go to patreon.com slash cassettegoblin. We'd appreciate it if you took a look, and we appreciate everyone who supports this network. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Night in the Woods, which is an adventure game developed by Infinite Fall and published by Finji for the PC and many other systems in 2017. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, this is the finale of uh, Indie Horror Month. Um, this is a horror game. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't become one for a while, like a <laughs> traditional one, but it is one. Yeah. It's gentler, but this could fit, uh, the thing that, one of the things that struck me, like is just preamble, is this could have fit as strong or stronger than any of the games we did in Autour Adventure Mo. Absolutely. As somebody like, so the, the main, uh, kind of creative force behind this, and not the only creative mm-hmm. force, um, we'll, we'll get into this, um, is Scott Benson, who has been on Bonfireside Chat, who I've been following on Twitter for a long time. Mm-hmm. Bombs you know, Fall on Twitter. Who, yep. Yep. Bom- at Bombs Fall who tweets a lot. So like, I know Scott really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much, I, I don't, right. Yes. I know the version he presents. Um, I have never in my life played a game that is a more singular expression of what I know of a person than this. Yeah. This is Scott, the game, <laughs> like every aspect of this or thing are like pet issues. They talks about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, every aspect of it. Yeah. It is incredibly heartfelt, not in like the Hallmark movie, of the week version of that, but in the, it comes very, very deeply from his core. Right. The, like the only thing missing from it is a weird insistence that ska is good. <laughs> like if, if there, if there had been like a hidden scene where there's a ska band and they're actually like pretty all right and, and may like some, that then this would be, we'd, we'd have reached peak ska. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the only thing on his Twitter feed and his kind of like public life that is missing from this game. <laughs> Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like how, so this, this could fit in both. Like it is, you know, explicitly a horror game. We'll talk about that. There are moments that are, that are spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a lot gentler than the horror games we usually do. Yeah. They're, um, they're, I mean, they're not monsters really. Um, and like there's even a line in one of the interactions that like the spookiest and scariest stuff is actually like the boring things. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Like this is this is a, a game about uh, uh, your capitalism. Yeah, um, really explicitly. So the lens that this is done through is you play as a character named uh, May Borowski, who is a young woman, but everyone are animal people. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a small black cat woman, a young woman who has dropped out of college and has returned to her ho- hometown, uh, which is Possum Springs, a yeah. uh, small town in the Rust Belt. Yes. Uh, a small, depressed, uh, kind of dying town, lots of drain. Um, they used to be a mining town. However, uh, that dried up and mostly all of the economic activity is different, uh, <laughs> different businesses that are named uh, blank animal that pop in yeah. and then pop out. Um, yep. All of the businesses in this town uh, could also be Metal Gear Solid villains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stack Falcon. Yeah, Snack Falcon. Like, Don't there know. are rankings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, um, yeah, it's, I it's think I'd be that, Snack Falcon. <laughs> the, uh, I, I don't know how many Falcon-like qualities you have, my friend. You're I like, I like Falcon. Anything. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, I like Falcons quite a bit. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's lots of things I like that I'm not. The, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that, that's like the, the animal lens everything is through mm-hmm. in this game, uh, is, I don't think to a purpose. I think it's just aesthetic mm-hmm. and charming. I don't think it's like plays into the theming or anything like that. Right, right. Um, what's weird is like the characters also have pets. So it's like a, a cat human person who has just like a cat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they have the cat clock, the classic cat clock. And I'm mm-hmm. like, was that based in your world? Is that based on a person? <laughs> you know, is that, is that like a politician? Is it the equivalent? Is that Lincoln or something? Like <laughs> who they turned into the cat clock in a world where everyone has a cat head? Yeah, it's a real, uh, it's a real goofy and Pluto situation. It's very similar to that. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned, uh, this is, this indie game is kickstarted, uh, primarily, uh, by Scott Benson, but there are other people involved as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Walka, who did all of the programming and coding, mm-hmm. uh, in the game, uh, Scott, who is a co-writer and did the art and animation and Bethany Hockenberry, who is his wife, mm-hmm. uh, who did research that the game is based on and also did co-writing. Yes. Uh, for the game. Yeah. Um, so, so we keep referring to Scott. I don't do that to minimize the contributions of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott is just the person who I know the the most from this, and even if it's not the most reflective, he's the one who talks about the stuff yes. the most. Yeah, so. yeah. So moment to moment, uh, the play in this takes the form of a kind of side-scrolling platformer. You know, you move and jump around side to side, but really, it's just a very talky adventure game um, that kind of verges a, a bit into like a two D walking simulator or exploration kind of adventure game. I think, I think it's much closer to a walking simulator than an adventure game. Yes. Um, there, there are, uh, exceedingly few puzzles or moments of, uh, meaningful interactivity. And when I say meaningful, I mean like, um, I shouldn't have used the word meaningful. There are very few moments of, uh, interactivity that have fail states. Yeah. Or that you cannot progress if you don't do them. Mm-hmm. Um, generally you do kind of an activity. Um, these kind of take the form of little mini games. That you, your success or failure is agnostic to your progress to the game. Yeah. It's yeah. just to kind of break things up and give you something else to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the game that they set out to make, right? Yes. Um, you know, they said, yeah, this is, this is going to be story heavy. It is not going to be very gameplay forward. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which is fine. Yes. Like with this is again getting in, getting a little ahead of uh, everything, but like this is a game that I like, I think is really admirable that I didn't have very much fun playing. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it's not activity based mm-hmm. like this is not one of those things it is just based on pacing and that platformer uh, aspect that i think is very subtractive to the game yeah um but we will get into that yes um so the game has a rhythm to it uh it takes place over 12 days in the late fall 
um, in the small mm-hmm. town kind of centering around Halloween and the harvest festival or Harfest, the propane yes. maniacs. Yes. The, the, uh, the propane <laughs> maniacs of, uh, holidays, uh, here. Um, when we talk about this and, you know, as a horror game, um, you know, most of the game, two, th- you know, two thirds of the game mm-hmm. is a character piece, this kind of bitter, bittersweet story about May, character study of her and her friends and their relationship to this dying town. Yeah. Um, the metaphor, the horror part kind of crashes in <laughs> uh, to this. And this is one of the things that I don't actually have that big a problem with how this is handled, but it's something that people that I read criticisms of it mm-hmm. uh, for is how abrupt yeah. uh, this is. Um, the uh, It comes in about two thirds of the way through the game. Uh, the pace picks up and it kind of gains a story. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like a hangout thing. It becomes, you know, a t- more traditional plot. Uh, and when it does, it, it, it's really on. Yeah. Like, and they really start putting on these kind of supernatural elements, these kind of cosmic horror elements. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about those when they show up, yeah. but just know that like, if you played a little bit of this or you're picking it up because we're doing it for the show and you're like, why on earth is this <laughs> here? That That's why. Yeah. So, you know, this is probably what, like a, like a 10 hour game, maybe. Yeah. Um, for the first seven hours at stand by me for the last three, it's it. Yeah. Or desperation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that, 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 would be the thing that I would, that I would say. Um, and it's also a little bit hot fuzz, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I would be kind of surprised if hot fuzz wasn't like, if not an influence, like mm-hmm. if that wasn't something the creators were aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very hot, like dark hot fuzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when I, when I walked into this, I think that maybe, um, people would have different impressions of that, uh, kind of shift in the back half if they were not expecting this to be a horror game. So I walked into it knowing that it would eventually, you know, turn into that. And so I was tuned in to the track that it was laying for it, right? That very blue velvet moment when they just find an arm in the street, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're walking into this expecting it to be like a, you know, like a Buffy without the vampires kind of thing, um, then maybe that would be kind of jarring for you. Yeah. 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 And even even if it's not ultimately jarring or or you know, ultimately jarring. It is a little bit like weirdly handled. Yeah. Like the arm shows up and then there's a <laughs> long pause before anything else happens. <laughs> right. You know, um, and th- there's just kind of like the way it's sprinkled in is a little bit strange. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not, you know, I, I think as much as I am, I'm happy with the base story and the metaphor, mm-hmm. you know, that's being laid on, you know, laid on top of it. Like I wouldn't say they agree a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, there's one specific point too, and it's weird because it'll go the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that the metaphor is too heavy yeah. for it. Like a character states it. Yes. And and I never like it when that happens in fiction. Uh, yeah. Like if, if a character looks at the camera and says the theme, I always think that's kind of a problem. And that explicitly happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's – I think that I just really wish that they just left that up to me. Mm-hmm. Even before that though, it is – it's laying out a little thick in a way that I excuse because of passion – yeah, you know, but it's not. I think that it maybe would have been better with a little bit more restraint there. Yeah, the, I mean, so passion on the part of the developers, obviously, because yeah. they care about these issues quite a bit, but also passion on the part of me. You know, not just identifying with a small town, grew up in one, and recently moved back to one, but also like I don't know, I care about these social issues that they're talking about, and I can very easily make the leap between that mundane reality and kind of the broader cosmic horror stuff that they're trying to, you know, lay over top of it, you know? Yeah. So like I, I can go along for the ride, even if it is, you know, heavy handed, that is kind of a failure of criticism on my part, I guess. 
Well, it's not, I mean, only kind of, yeah. right? Like it, it is, it's, it still worked. That part still worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, it's just, I just wonder if like near the end when things, there, there's like a long coda to this game too. Like it's yeah, an extremely yeah. weird structure. And like during mm-hmm. that coda, I definitely had more than one part where I was like, no, I get it. <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's, yeah. it's not that I disagree with it or that I think those things shouldn't be together. It mm-hmm. just like, all of the emphasizing of it happens in that last little bit of the hockey stick and none on the part coming up to it, mm-hmm. you know, of tying the two things together. Yeah. Not necessarily even not just the theme, but tying the, the, uh, the actual, the base story, which is about this kind of cult mm-hmm. and the, the, uh, the metaphor, which is, uh, economic depression as a result of late period capitalism. Right. Um, you know, it just, the, them just hammering that down. And I don't know if it was, something where it just felt like dialogue the character would say, or mm-hmm. if it was something where they wanted to make sure people like, Re- really want to underline it because they were trying to make a point. Like they're like, there's an element of this game that is kind of persuasion, right? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. It's persuasive and explicitly political mm-hmm. um, in a way that we haven't done on this network. Um, and in a way that I think is super admirable. Yeah. Like I think that games, you know, we, we talked about this, we talked about it before. If a game is going to have a political point, like have a, have a point. Like mm-hmm. we'd much rather have a game have a perspective than not. Yeah. Um, trying to appease the middle with that kind of stuff is foolish and makes your game shitty. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, this, this is also something that we could only, I mean, really only accomplish with an indie horror month, right? Maybe not the horror part, but like big studios can't really afford to have a point of view. Yeah. Right. Like what, yeah, yeah exactly. Or a, a political point of view. Yeah. You know, explicitly like in the, uh, and that goes for, you know, obviously people are going to take that away and they're just going to be like, Oh, you just like this because you agree with it. Like, no, I, I, I like art that has a statement behind mm-hmm. it and that's not, shouldn't be controversial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no, nobody, uh, you know, if you're going to make something that deals with kind of the trappings of, of a political issue or, or anything like that, like if it were a movie or a book, you wouldn't let it off the hook for being like kind of shrugging at the end and being like, well, the truth is unreachable. No, you know, like, and so if this was, I'm trying to think of a game, there are games that have very conservative politics to them, Yeah, uh, but they're not as explicit, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, adventurism and call of duty is a conservative kind of idea of having America be, you know, the world sheriff, Yeah, but that's not explicit, you know, yeah. thinking of an explicitly conservative game is hard for me to think of. I mean, it's also ridiculous. It's also ridiculously hard because those, when a game expresses conservatism, it is leveraging the status quo in a way that is invisible to art yes. and culture in a huge way a lot of the time. Well, that, that's like when it's, I mean, I think that applies to the Call of Duty style conservative game, but I mean, one that is explicit, like the just as, as yeah. explicit as this game is. Yeah. As far as just <laughs> stating things like that. Maybe I hatred. Yeah, yeah, something, something like hatred. Yeah, where they just say like you know that's a, that's a shitty example to, to to pull up because that's such a like a cartoonish thing that is not yeah. making any any point aside from fuck minorities, like postal, yeah, you know, I guess or something like that, like a, you know, one remove from that. But I like to think that I would respect that more because it is saying a thing and having yeah. the courage to actually have a point than I would if it just said nothing, mm-hmm. irregardless of of whether I agree with that point or not. Yeah. You know? I mean, we would never, I mean, so there are lots of reasons we wouldn't do it, but like maybe the neverhood possibly, I don't know how much, of that, I, I, how much of that guy's, how much of 10 apples shit any, gets into that. I don't think any of his stuff ever gets into his work. Really? Yeah. I think he's just a shithead who shouldn't support, but I don't think yeah. his, his work really shows it. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a tricky thing. I can think of it more in comics, mm-hmm. right? So I get like something like, um, Dave Sims, like service. Yeah. You know, which like the back third of just became weird screeds against women. Yeah. For no reason. Like 
I don't like that. I think it's a hateful, ugly work. Do I think it is more admirable that it goes for it than if a, a thing, a work that talked about gender and then at the end was just like, we can't really tell. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion on whether women are good or bad. Probably. Like, I think it's probably better to have a, a strong, shitty opinion than to try to, like, go down the middle and be noncommittal about something that you 100% should be able to commit to. You yeah. Know? Like, in comics, you have, like, even, let's just be safe here, pre-9-11 Frank Miller, right? Yeah. Post-9-11 Frank Miller becomes a, a fucking... Perry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The pre nine 11 Frank Miller is really, you know, regressive in a lot of ways, but yeah. And yeah. I even like, and like, I liked those comics. Like mm-hmm. I like the dark Knight returns, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't agree with it politically, but I could find myself enjoying it. Like I had some, took some joy out of the third Batman movie, which is explicitly like pretty conservative. Yeah. yeah. The third Chris Nolan Batman movie. Like, and I still enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can enjoy it on a surface level, but I appreciate that it said a thing rather than just being like, we can't say, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's an element, and this is getting meta and shit, but like, you know, we were on uh, Days of Futurecast, we just talked about Spider-Man, and I was into the fact that that didn't really make a comment about the cops. Yeah. But that was because I feel like that was a surface level thing. It wasn't playing with the issue at all. Right. You know, like, if you're going to talk about the issue, like, have a side, I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like Kojima, who I don't like, uh, I believe he has convictions. Yes. You know, like those games are better than if at the end of them just been like, who can tell whether <laughs> nukes are good? Right. You know, like, no, it has a message. You know, it's just it's it's the the telling of it that I think is bad, not the yeah. message itself. Yeah, is perpetual war a, a, a net good for uh, the humanity? Um, yeah, well, Webster's defines perpetual. <laughs> you know, and in con- in conclusion, perpetual war is a land of contrast. You know, like <laughs> you know, like when developers do that shit, like. Bioshock Infinite, you come off like you're a fucking like middle schooler writing an essay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you don't you don't come off like an adult mm-hmm. who has examined or interrogated their own opinions. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you need to make sure that, that that both sides are represented intrinsically to a work, as opposed to the broader thing, which is the point that you make is probably the opposite is made somewhere else, and that yeah. is the balance that actually fucking matters. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. instead of worrying about both types of people have money to spend on my game. Mm-hmm. Think about the fact that, like, no, if I have a statement, yeah. somebody else has the counter statement. Like, it is kind of a marketplace of ideas as much as I think, you know, I try not to use marketplace as a, a positive term because <laughs> it's connotations. But, yeah. like, it is. Like, that's what it is. You can just present your idea. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hedge your bets quite so much. Yeah. Um, so this is – I mean, it's it's a very political game. I think that even if you walk into this and you have problems with something that is, you know, socialist or advocating for – you know, a, a, a socialist point of view of things that is very much couched a lot in the condition of the town and what people are going through. Like the characters are kind of always first outside of that, outside yeah, of that you, uh, kind of you know, coda marathon that happens. You might be able to appreciate it on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as just like, even just as a story of a town that is crumbling like that, even mm-hmm. if in your head, it's like, Oh, they, you know, it crumbled because they weren't, they didn't, they didn't bootstrap themselves enough. Like, <laughs> right. you know, that they should have been better competing. Even if that is your wrong opinion, like you will still probably, I, I slipped that in there as a joke. But, yeah, <laughs> but even if, if you do, uh, if you, if you do think that you can still appreciate yeah. on the surface. Yeah. Because, you know, a great deal of the story is told with great empathy for the characters who are here, you know? Yeah. Um, it's also deals with other things that are kind of comorbid with this stuff. Yeah. So like, you know, mental illness, depression, um, addiction, uh, sexuality, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very, uh, grounded yeah. for a game about cartoon animals. Like <laughs> it is one of the most realistic games we've played. Yes. 
uh, for sure. Yeah. And all of the weight of the game leans on the writing and specifically the writing of the main cast. Um, I am of the point of view that the stylization really, really works. Like I love these characters to bits. Mm-hmm. Greg and B and Angus, you know, even, even germ warfare for as little as he shows up. He actually shows up tons. If you, I, I really want to get into that because it's not a story. It's not a bullet point you have, but uh-huh. let's talk about that next. Yeah. Um, there's tons of stuff with him okay. and I don't, I didn't, I didn't get it either. Okay. And, and I want to talk about that as, as a structural element of the game. Let's do that. Um, I like the cast as well. And that, that dialogue it is, uh, but if it's not going to work for you, it's seriously not going to work for you. Like <laughs> the, the, the thing I, I thought about this and it's kind of pithy and dismissive, but this is the game that is a series of mumble core play dates. Yeah. I, and that, but, that either sounds cool to you or it doesn't like it's kind of Juno. Yep. Um, I'm, and, and I'm into it. I'm here for it. Hi, I'm that guy. So like, <laughs> I, I like it too. Like I like the dialogue in this. I think it's really well written and these are good characters, mm-hmm. you know, it is, you just, I can imagine, like, I, I use Juno, and I don't like Juno, right? So, like, I use that yeah. as an example, but, like... If if I'm life a, if life is strange, bugged you, this is probably also going to bug you. Yeah, this will kill you. Yeah. The, um, like, <laughs> so, I mean, like, like, you have to understand the dynamic. This is a bunch of 30-somethings writing about 20-somethings who are, develop- who are arrested in their development as late teen-somethings to yeah. an extent, right? So, so there's a lot of like, uh, you know, it's not like, yo, that'd be wizard, Juno level shit, <laughs> right? But, but, but it kind of is, yeah. You know, like it's extreme. Like mumblecore is the main word I've heard. It's like the first mumblecore game I've played. If you, mm-hmm. you know that, that kind of, you know, uh, Wes Anderson, you know, that kind of school of movie. Yeah, yeah, is what this feels like to me. Like Cyrus, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't feel. Uh, at times the dialogue feels very real. At other times it feels significantly less real mm-hmm. to me. Like there is a, an exaggerated nature to it of like hyper onness mm-hmm. that some of these characters are. Uh, but a lot of times it feels pretty grounded and there are characters to contrast it with. Like the people in town have very naturalistic dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's just the, these kids who uh, are kind of, you know, again, they're like you mentioned, they're kind of arrested development as teens. Like that's a good, that's a good note because like, one of the things about this game, it's not the point I wanted to go into before, but it's a good sub point is like, mm-hmm. I end up liking these characters a lot. Uh, they're kind of like, they're really flawed. Oh yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people I've seen, another thing I've seen of people who play this game is just like, I can't really get into this because I hate B and I'm like, yeah, B is a piece of shit for a lot of the game. And like, I ended up having a lot of sympathy for B or may rather, sorry, not yeah, I was going to say, B's great. Yeah, B, B is fine. B is not a piece of shit. I, I take that back. May in this game is kind of a piece of shit and bad friend yeah. for most of the game. And that's your point of view character. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to be okay with this, uh, not unreliable, but this narrator you want, you know, this, uh, this point of view character you want to keep at a distance mm-hmm. because they're kind of shitty. Yeah. Like May is undeniably kind of shitty. Yeah. I mean, she, she has, I, I don't know, a, a, a lot of failings. You can steer that somewhat. Um, because there, there are dialogue choices that you can make. Um, Only a little bit. Though. Yeah. And it's very don't actually branch in the main plot very much, no. which is a, a big thing of this game, which I, I don't like, well, let's talk about that structure thing. Yeah. yeah. I want to mention, cause this plays into that. Um, so like you, you talked about germ warfare, who is one of their friends. He's kind of the, the tertiary third, you know, yeah, uh, fourth yeah. friend. He's, he's just kind of off at the margins. He's a crow. He's a crow boy. Uh, he's a little crow boy. Um, you can do a lot with him. Hmm. You just have to choose to do it. Huh? Um, so like you go through, we talk about the, this game being, uh, 
Mumblecore Playdates, there's a rhythm to this game that the game wants you to play at, which is every day you wake up, you talk to everyone in the town and do everything you can to check for new stuff. Then you go do your playdate. Um, that pacing was insufferably slow to me, mm. and I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> there's something to like – so something way, way back in the – when we did that bonus level and we talked about Gone Home, right? Yeah, like that's, yeah. you know, this is I also consider this to be a walking sim more than anything. Um, the – the gameplay of that, when people argue that's not a game, the thing that I go back is I say, like, well, the gameplay of this is exploration and choosing how much of the story you want to get. Yeah. Like, what seams do you want to push on? Yeah. Or uh, how much can you find, right? Because some of it's yeah. pretty hidden, you know? Like, you and, do have to approach this space in, kind of in, a, in, a particular, in a particularly methodical way, right? And that is true, I think, for the people I talked about, talked to who have loved this game, that's true for this game as well. But I think that falls down with this much downtime, with this slow of a pace and over 10 hours. Yeah. That becomes more than I think is good, mm-hmm. really. So the way I played the game, which I still ended up coming out of it liking it, this isn't a condemnation. And I did some of the side stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you put three empty screen, screens of, like, platforming that you want me to do 12 times between me and this character, this tertiary character, Greg, like, I just – it's <clears> – <throat> so easy just not to do it yeah you know it's like well like i could walk over there and maybe have this encounter and they they do things where like sometimes uh so i'd go into the church yep you know from time to time and one time i went there and i got into a fight with my mom another time it was empty apparently there's another character who can be there that you can have this really like interesting conversation that people in the slack tell me that is key to understanding some of the themes of the game hmm are you talking about pastor kate i think so okay so I didn't talk to Pastor Kate because oh. I went into the church once and it was empty. I went in once and talked to my mom or I went and talked to my mom. The next time it was empty, I was like, okay, like I did the thing there. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be part of my rounds yeah, because yeah. making the round is so fucking boring. It snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and every day, like, and especially this gets so much worse when the, the plot picks up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like oh, any, there's a sense of urgency here. People are dying. Like, we, found, we found a fucking arm. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you know, they're, they're going to nuke New York, <laughs> you know? There, there's a sense of, of conflicting pacing here where, like, I am interested in the mystery. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to just keep making these rounds and seeing if, if May has cute things to, to say every time I go and look at the statue. Yeah. You know? Um, this is coupled with, with kind of kind of bad loading times as well, at least on the Switch. Mm. Um, so, so both of us played it on the Switch. I was also bummed out by that. So it just ends up being like, and uh, I didn't talk about this, but like checkpointing in it is not very good. The uh, if you stop, it, it lets you close the game at any time, but it doesn't save there. Mm. It saves at like a the last time, like at you know at certain checkpoints. Yeah. So like you can end up having to redo content in a way that yeah. like sometimes that content is just walking. Yeah. And it's you know platforming to me is not inherently fun. Like platforming is fun because of kind of risk, you know, that's happening and, and challenge that goes into it. Yeah. It's not just fun to walk and jump. Mm-hmm. For me, and that's what happens uh, in Night in the Woods. Re- regardless, so, like you, you know, there are certain NPCs that you have to do the same platforming over and over again each day to get to them, right? Most of them. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you end up, even if that platforming did have a certain amount of kinetic joy to it, um, platforming needs to have some kind of dyna- dynamism to it, right? Yeah. You have to be trying to solve a spatial problem and a new one. You don't go. You don't just do one one over and over and over. Yeah. You know, again, like that's not so like. That that kind of uh, hiding your hidden content, mm-hmm. like hidden content in a game is a whole subject, and we, we've talked about it a lot. And like yeah. it's something we both like 
when it's the painted world. Because <laughs> right. the painted world is not like you could argue that like that fills in some puzzle pieces for the for the lore, but you still get a really good basic feeling of the game. Yeah. Without that. Here, like you get a basic feeling of the game, but I ended up with more kind of like um not unanswered questions, but themes that felt unexplored or things that felt incomplete mm. because I didn't play the what I think that the developers would consider the optimal way, which is just read the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and that like, so I watched, um, uh, Scott did a post-mortem, post-mortem on this on GDC. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talks about is like, exploration is meaningless if there aren't hidden things. Okay. Yep. Or like, if you, or if you can't miss things. Mm-hmm. Okay. But those missables, I feel like should just be like minor ads to things. Like those should be like things that enrich the experience that don't define it or are propped up on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this game hits that balance just perfectly. Yeah. Um, and this is like, there's a thousand things that's, goes into because if you then if you if you're not doing all those extra things if you're just going to go to your play date and which i was enjoying like every one of those i liked mm-hmm. every single one of those scenes i think is great i wanted to do more of them um it does really bad things for the pacing because it introduces these dream sequences which like i hate yeah, details yeah no good hate like hate them and them coming between like if you're just really doing like, your morning routine doesn't involve going through the whole town. You end up doing these dream sequences at a really rapid clip. Mm-hmm. And it's taking a game that's already really slowly paced, like one of the most slow paced games we've done for the show. And just let's slow it down even a little bit more. Like, let's take a break mm-hmm. from this walking and talking to really slow it down and do like a, a seven minute meditation on what it's like to walk around a dark city. Yeah. You know, and, but let's actually do that four times though. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is, it just, really has like this that issue that you know the completeness of the game is based on you playing it a certain way that is optional yeah uh that is that slowly paced i have a real problem with i've got a real um, bone to pick with those dream sequences man they, the, I'm, the, I'm glad you're with me on that the, I was the, the, you were gonna love them like no and, i'm so the fact that she is having those dreams and even the aesthetic of those dreams ties into the story like you kind of mm-hmm. need them there a little bit how those dreams manifest i do not understand what is additive about that well, what's interesting too is that the, these dream sequences. We'll we'll talk about them when they come up. The first one is a one mode of play. Mm-hmm. The second one is a, a second mode of play, and I was like, okay, each one's going to be a different thing. No, nope. it's a bunch of the There's second the first one. one, and then the second one just repeats. Yeah, over and over and over with with variations. Like you're in different worlds, but I don't understand like how that's a good idea. Like mm-hmm. again. Those they felt like a, like a breather in a game that is all breather up until yeah. the end. And so like I want to I want to call them empty space, but that would be a shitty thing to do because they are actually not the dream so much. But like design, like yeah, they're pretty yeah. and they have good music. Like even go even going around the town, like the the, the town is teeming with very beautiful detail. You know, like, yes. like the art style in this is fucking unassailable. I think it is yeah. tremendous. Well, um, even so, like moving aside the art style right which is like a superficial thing there's content to those things yes. like yeah. those de- those details are important they're painting a picture of the town mm-hmm. it's just in asking me to walk by the same ones 12 yeah. times that it becomes you know something i couldn't tolerate like mm-hmm. i just it's like if i'm going to maintain the parts of this game that i love which are many of them like there are things mm-hmm. i loved about this game yeah. right if i'm going to maintain those i can't put this friction Mm-hmm. in there not friction if you you know if yeah you, it's not friction if you don't feel it like if you feel it it is friction right and i was feeling it like and it had nothing to do with a deadline i started this 
forever ago. Mm-hmm. Like I've been picking at it. I've been playing at the right pace. <laughs> it's it, so it's very funny. You, you started it forever ago. You played it in a more kind of grazing kind of fashion because of my move. I started this. I started this on Friday and I finished it this morning. We're recording this right. on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So that's but, rough stuff. But, but also I played it more assiduously. I mean, it didn't burn me out. I, you know, like I ended up, I ended up being not, not fine with, you know, going around, but like I, you know, like I had a routine every day where I would go check stuff. So I found some of this optional stuff, but like I, I never got to, I never, never got to hang out with uh, Jeremy with germ warfare, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's a hangout and a whole like sequence and uh, uh, you get to learn about his family and you get to do a mini game yeah. and all of this stuff with him. If you hang out with him, yeah. um, you know, so there, there's that hidden stuff. And it's also telling that like, you can take it at good faith and be like, yes, I'm going to do this hangout pace and still miss stuff mm-hmm. like the fact that it can be something where you can take your approach to it and still like not get the things that are you know content i guess like it depends on how important that germ stuff is you know mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't there's also mutual exclusivity in this game um there's a section of the game where it breaks into three clues of which you can investigate two um i find like the and every time you do a play date they're also mutually exclusive there's like two paths you can go on yeah yeah um, i find that to be a very weird choice because the fact that so much of this game is the same every time you play it mm-hmm. makes replaying it not sound appealing to me. Right. Like maybe someday down the road I will, because again, I really do like these characters and stuff, mm-hmm. but just uh, the fact that, um, you know, that intro large portions of it are going to be the same no matter what. And the, yeah. those dialogue choices we talked about where you can kind of steer things. Um, this game has more dialogue choices that mean the same thing mm-hmm. of any game I've ever played. Yeah. There's, there's more like somebody asks you a question. You can say, um, or you can say, uh, yeah. Um, sometimes you, it influences what you'll say next. Like this is worse than and you can be like, Oh, the time the town flooded or, Oh, the time, you know, this place closed down and you'll tell a little story. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they are not, they, they don't have an effect and that doesn't mean they're meaningless, mm-hmm. but it happens a lot and it doesn't really contribute to replay value. I don't yeah. think it's different shades on kind of the same color or the same yes. figure that's being drawn. Yeah, the, um, absolutely. So like there's, there's aspects of that that I think, so when we talk about um, how the, the storytelling that is done in those street scenes and stuff like that, something we talked about in like kind of before we started recording, right? And it's something that comes up a lot with this game and it's really contentious is like, should this be a game? No. Like a full length graphic novel version of this, I would have enjoyed a lot more and I mm-hmm. would not have gotten less out of. Yeah. The only thing I would have missed is the music. Well, I guess that, yeah, with a CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throw a CD in the, in the thing. Yeah, the music's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah. In this. Um, but the, like, throw a CD in on the, the beginning of that, uh, uh, and that's, uh, Alec. The, the thing I did the programming did all the music and it's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Um, throw a CD in the, the inside cover that you can listen to while reading. Mm-hmm. And I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Like, I, I understand people who enjoy the mini games or enjoy the platforming. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Scott kind of talk about this on Twitter and he doesn't have a lot of time for this argument. Like, he says, you know, uh, that fundamentally changes the nature of the work. I don't know that I don't think that fundamentally changing this wouldn't improve it in that respect. Yeah. You know, like a book that I read in one kind of long sitting mm-hmm. an afternoon on my recliner in a cozy autumn fall would have been a much more pleasant experience than me trying, you know, the book with the pages stuff together, like doing the walking and, you know, uh, kind of downtime doing the dreams and stuff to get to the next part I liked. Yeah. Those dreams would go by in seconds in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just be a mood piece. You'd think about it for, for a few seconds and then move on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a tricky question and I do not want to nullify the creator's kind of opinion on that. Like me, that, me either. I just, yeah. I, when I say I don't know, I mean that in a literal sense. Yeah, like I don't just, know it, that this wouldn't be better with, I, I, right now my instinct is I would enjoy it more and I'm mm-hmm. 
using those words carefully, right? Like yes. I'm not saying it would be better. I'm saying I would have had a better time with this as an extremely long graphic novel than I did as a game. Yeah. I, I think so too. And, you know, like, so we both, we both had that observation and a lot of other people have, I was rolling it over in my head. Like, why do we feel that this doesn't need to be a game, but something like Callahan's cross time saloon really benefits from being yeah. a game, right? Like it's, it's weird because you like, there are similar things about them in, in a lot of ways. They both could go either way. Callahan's benefits from it. Whereas we're questioning this, right? I think, I think for me, it honestly was just, I'm not getting anything out of the downtime in this. Callahan's doesn't have that. Like there's not really downtime. There's this great variety to play. Like yeah. Callahan's is a, a density. Place. Yeah. You know, it's incredibly dense. This is not a dense game. Right. You know, Callahan's for being a more traditional adventure game is much faster paced than this, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of it telling you new things and showing you new things. Like this will tell you, tell you new things and, and you'll have new character beats but the pace of them is incredibly slow. Yeah. Um, there's also an urgency of situation. Like they're trying to, you know, the first two thirds of this game, which, you know, is a structural thing that doesn't, isn't perfect. It's extremely strange is to a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, like it is to establish stakes and a step paint a portrait of this town and let you get to know these characters in a way that feels slow and not rushed. It's just a question of like, what you bought and what you paid for it. And maybe those things are equal value, but you would have rather had them both. Yeah. You know, is, is how I kind of came out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the hangouts would have, w- would have sung the way they did for me if they were, if they were cramped. It's just like, I, I'm uncertain. I've got, I've got there. There's yeah. a lot of just kind of like, I don't know, like this is the game I'm going to be rolling around in my head for a while. And maybe that even speaks if, to its credit too. Even if they weren't cramped, like even if it didn't do that, I wonder if it had just been presented as chapters, like mm-hmm. before you hang do your play date and you choose a play date, this is the afternoon you go and check in on germ. Yeah. And then I see that germ scene and then it, I get a, I get to choose which person I hang out with and maybe it just sh- pans across the town, mm-hmm. you know, like the beginning of the Simpsons or whatever. Yeah. Um, and this is the day that I do the, do the poet and stuff like there are people who who play this who would hate that, mm-hmm. you know, who who the the kind of gradual building of all of them was very important to them. Yeah. And I get that. I just, man, do I hate walking really slow in a game over and over and over. I wonder what the comorbidity is between people who love that aspect of this and also are like crazy about Shenmue. Yeah, probably a lot. Yeah. Because that's a big part of Shenmue. Like you, you do just spend a lot of time just killing time in that game. Like it's yeah, yeah. You know, a game about being bored. In a lot of ways. <laughs> and I, I have no, I have no dog in that fight. I have had fun with Shemu in the past. I've got the HD remake and I'm enjoying playing that, like nibbling on the edges of that too. So like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, you know, do not read my comparison in that as a damnation of one over the other. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Shenmue is a thousand times worse than this. And I, I don't, I don't exaggerate when I say it. No, I think no, Shenmue is a really bad game. And Yakuza came out and there's no reason to ever play Shenmue again. There's a game that did it better. Like, why would you, like, every part of it better? Like, a better yep. story, a, a story that, that will finish. Uh huh. You know, like, there's literally no reason for anyone in the world to play Shenmue anymore. <laughs> like, it is, uh, I, I, I hesitated you're using to an bring... abacus to do math. Like, that, that's what you're doing. I, I, I hesitated to bring it up. Like, it's so boring. Um, yeah. But, like, uh, so I wonder what the comorbidity of people who like this who are a lot more tolerant of everybody goes to the rapture. Because, yeah. like, walk speed is what killed that game for me. Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of an interesting story. It's kind of, you know, beautiful. But I hate getting around it, so I stopped playing it. Like, yeah. it just I was talking to Will about this, and he was like, 
you know, more and more, I think that the most important part of a game is how you move. Yeah. And like, that seems very superficial, but when you think about it, it is the only thing you are doing constantly in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that will always be a patina that covers everything you do. Yeah. I mean, you like it, it is either, the, it is either the source of friction or the source of joy. Yeah. You know, like of, of either, yeah. or neutral, like it can be neutral, mm-hmm. you know, moving around and gone home is not a joy. Mm-hmm. Moving around in Tacoma is not a joy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, they tuned it in a way and the game is paced and like, and sized like, in such a way. Si- yeah. Sized and structured in a way to make that not be, to be friction proof, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and this is not like, this is the longest walking simulator that I think exists. If you consider it a walking simulator, yeah. um, I don't think there are other 10 hour walking simulators. Uh, and it just like, that's a lot, mm-hmm. that's a lot, you know, it's, it's just a lot of walking. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I recognize there are people who will listen to this and think that I'm, I sound like I'm being superficial with it. It's just about how easy it is to put down when I know what's next is a long walk to go check on people in town. Yeah. I mean, you know? A, a a game will always be something that is in your hands. Like that, yeah, it, exactly. it is really, really hard to to separate the two, right? Yep. <laughs> and going back to like watch out for fireballs one or two, like don't threaten me with boredom. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll always lose that threat because I always have things I can be doing. Yeah. You know, and that was true. That's not just Gary twenty eighteen who's been who does watch out for fireballs for a job. That was Gary twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. You know who who said that? Like who uh, whose time was incredibly like you know. I was working at a, at an actual day job, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and stuff. It was a very different thing. It wasn't me growing to resent games because mm-hmm. at that point, every moment I was playing a video game was, was a blessing because yeah. I worked a shitty office job, but I just, I, there's lots of games I don't get a chance to play. Yeah. And if I, if it, so many times I sat down to play this and the choice was sit down and do like this very, very slow paced exploration of this town. Some, some of which would come up empty. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you'll go to a place where a character was and they won't be there mm-hmm. or sometimes they won't have anything like meaningfully new to say. Uh, yeah. so it was a slot machine as well. Um, it was a question of like sitting down and, and dutifully putting in those coins for a chance at no reward or getting up and doing anything else. Like that's hard. Yeah. You know, and it, it just sucked because I really wanted the meaty scenes of this. Like yeah. the scenes of this, they're meaty and they're really good. We're going to sing. Their praises to the heaven, you know, to the rooftops. Like the parts that are good are so good. Yeah. Like so good. Yeah. And, you know, br- br- brush me back if I'm speaking too much for you here, but like this opening, like the generalities were always going to be the roughest part of this because we have to talk about the ways that it falls down as a game. When we get into the actual, like, you know, the bullet points of the story and talk about these scenes, like that's where this lives. But yeah, there, yeah. There, there's the usual watch out for fire or not the usual something that's come up quite a bit. Like we're going to make this sound a lot cooler than it is by talking about the stuff that is best about it. Like once, yeah, we, once we get point. into the rhythm. Yeah. Like, and even just even more than just cooler, like more paced. Like yeah. when we say in uh, episodes of RPGs where we're like, we're going to say this in a sentence, but really we need you to know that you spend a half hour doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what this, this game is like, we're going to skip over a lot of this stuff. You spend a lot of time in the game doing it. Mm hmm. So, and they're not all of the bullet points work for me equally well. Like we'll yeah. get into them, yeah. but they, they generally, I think they're are a huge success. Yeah. Um, so really, cause it, it cuts you off to talk about it as content stuff, but we can talk about the visual style of this, uh, and kind of the music as well, mm-hmm. which you said were really good, but like, they're really good. Yeah. 
Um, this is one of the best animated games I've seen. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't played the new Spider-Man. <laughs> so, like, maybe, you know, that, that, that is a different kind of feat. This, though, um, is incredibly coherent and very, very fluid. Uh, the animation style and the art style work together very well. Like, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be matters of taste. I think the execution of this is fucking superb. Yeah. It's, it's extremely good. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah, it looks really, really good. Amazingly animated. Yeah. Um, all the characters have, uh, instantly readable silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the character designs themselves are really expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of little touches. Like yeah. you look at something like B and like the cigarette hanging out of her mouth and the posture of that, like <laughs> his know? characterization, like, yeah, uh, like that's the, very good. May instantly reads as a slob. Yep. And something to, you know, the, like a, whatever degree of expertise that I have in music from doing it, I have one of the things that I like about the music of this is, and I don't say this because stuff I do is as good. I think, but I do think this is written the same way that I write music for things, which is to structure them like songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are, there are explicit pop songs in this yeah. that come up and I love those segments. Those are the, the bits of interactivity I think are the most fun. Yeah. Um, but like even just the regular music are structured like songs. Like I would not be surprised to learn that Alec comes from a band background mm-hmm. where things have verses, pre-choruses, choruses, and bridges because yeah. the music in this game does as well. And that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Like there are, there are not so many, like not really like low tone beds in this or that kind of thing. Like everything mm-hmm. is very melodically strong. Everything is uh very party, mm-hmm. not party like, Hey, let's party, but part S ask. Yeah. Like there are parts, there are movements in each song. <laughs> like there are key changes and shit. Yeah. Uh, that's rare. Yeah. In video game music. Yes. Uh, they're, they're, they're strong phrases, things like that. Yep. Um, yep. and that, that's awesome. That yeah. almost never happens in game music. And I, I love that it happens here. I also love that this does not look or sound like a horror game initially. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the prequel take or prequel, the prologue takes place at night and it has spookiness to it. But like there's a contrast that is set up with this art style and that music style that lets them, you know, that, that kind of establishes a tone that lulls you into a certain expectation, but there's enough range to it to where it can really sell. Not just the creepy stuff that ends up happening, but the pathos that happens as well when you start diving into the flaws of these characters and their rough pass and their particular conditions or, um, you know, kind of like status in life. You know, like the, it, <laughs> the, the, there's something about that contrast that I think adds to the punch of it when they when they slip into that mode that is intended to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, the uh, yeah the the soundtrack. I've been, I've listened to the soundtrack after the game, which like is something I think that you do a lot more than I do. Yes. Um, but you know, so I, it's pretty rare. I do. Mm-hmm. I think the last game that we covered that I listened to the soundtrack to a significant degree after we did the game was Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. So like, it's been a long time since I a soundtrack is like carried with me after I played the game, and like this is one of them. Yeah. So. Um, if people are like saying Hollow Knight, when did you guys do that? It was on. Uh, it was like a late era bonfire side chat episode. Yeah. So like two years ago. Yeah. Or like a year, you know, more than a year ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, that stuff is all really good. And like, you'll hear the music in this this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the game has had a couple of different expansions. Um, the first one is the Weird Autumn Edition, which essentially, my understanding is, took some of those things that were optional and made them not optional. Included some like kind of cut content and stuff and mm-hmm. put some things more directly yeah. in your yeah. path. Um, and then the Switch Edition. Yeah, which, which added uh, some stuff. That's the one that both of us played. Yes. Yeah, and I, I don't recommend it actually for Switch. Like, it's cool that it's handheld, but I think that, like, this kind of, like, I'm going to sit down and camp out on a game mm-hmm. kind of thing might be better for our console. 
Like, the, yeah. the, you know, on the go, this wouldn't work on a bus. Like, you can stop it anywhere, but there are checkpoints and stuff like that. Like, it's not going to work on the go. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I, I, I always forget that the Switch can be docked. Yeah. The, um, so, like, it, you know, play it. I guess if you're going to play on Switch, it's not a portable game, though. Yeah. It's not good I, for that. I, I would recommend it uh, for, for, for the Switch. I'm going to disagree with you, Gary. Uh, this functions very well as a read in bed kind of game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty much how I played it Yeah, and stuff. But even then, like, I would get tired and go to sleep. And if I saved and quit instead of putting the Switch to sleep, I mm-hmm. lost progress. And even yeah, if it was yeah. only a couple minutes, it was still annoying. Yeah. Like, the the checkpointing and stuff. The scenes don't have the granularity mm. of something I associate with that. Like, yeah. something that's, like, you know, turn-based. It's like, well, I'll do one turn and then go to sleep. Like, it, it's not, um like, modular. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, in a way that I associate with that. Maybe I associate it. Maybe I associate this because I play more of, like, visual novel-type games or you know, more verbose adventure games, Phoenix Wright and Danganronpa and stuff like that. Yeah. Those are, those don't work for me in bed, but people, you know, your, your mileage listeners may vary yeah. and stuff like that. Like I, I like to have a, a kind of concrete stopping points mm-hmm. when I go to bed. Yeah. Um, um, uh, the switch version is also, is also the most complete because they released some supplemental games. So last week when we did micro horror, we talked about lost constellation, a game that kind of, takes place in the universe, but more is like uh, uh, a retelling of a fairy tale um, mm-hmm. from this universe. Uh, and they also released uh, Longest Night, which is another supplemental game. I've not played Longest Night, so I cannot uh, speak to it, but it talks more about like the uh, the gods of this uh, of this world. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I didn't um, know it was a thing yeah. until uh, I was researching for it. And like, you know, honestly, like as, as mentioned, I did really like this game my mixed feelings, like by the time it was done, it was done. Yeah. yeah. Like I wasn't going to pick it back up and play longest night. Like I looked it up online mm-hmm. and it is the, the characters, the, the friends kind of stargazing mm-hmm. and talking about the different constellations. I did a little bit of that in the main game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a thing where you have to link the stars together as just again, kind of a gameplay task. Yeah. Like a little non puzzle. And I was just like, I am not in the mood for that. Like, yeah, I gotta be vampire before I start playing, uh, Hellblade. <laughs> like, yeah. People asked us if we were going to do um, Lost Constellation. Nobody really liked said, oh, you absolutely need to do Longest Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I haven't, I haven't actually haven't heard anyone talk about Longest Night. Yeah. So, and we've been talking about this in the Slack kind of nonstop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, which, which has been like, like, I've had to like duck out of the watch out for fireballs. Just, yeah. Slack. I'm like, guys, okay. I'll see you guys later. I, I had no idea that you hadn't, hadn't started it yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I just did. Shit got out of, it got out of hand for me. So you moved. <laughs> yeah. It's understandable. Yep. <laughs> start to the prologue um and it opens uh with you've got it in the notes here as choose your own poem and that's kind of that's apt like it's you telling this backstory and choosing which elements you want to reveal yeah it doesn't change much in the actual game it reminds me a little bit of the beginning of firewatch actually yeah that's good um but just purely through uh through words Mm -hmm. yeah but it's may talking about the loss of her grandfather 
uh, her grandfather mm-hmm. was incredibly important to her. Like, uh, sorry, Lost Constellation, uh, you know, is about her grandpa telling her the story. Um, Longest Night is, or, yeah, oh yeah, Lost Constellation. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, you're correct. It like <laughs> uh, Lost Constellation is about a, a particular longest night long in the past. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, longest night is their their equivalent of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. There are different there are different holidays in this world. Mm-hmm. Um. So you end up you, you arrive uh, late at night in this empty bus station. Um. Your parents forgot which day you were coming home from college, and uh, you kind of just do little interactivities and again you know tasks like uh. There's a janitor there. You have to go get him a soda or something like that. Yeah, he's uh, so he's he fixing the out. door and he won't let you through until you get him a pop. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to talk about the janitor later. Yes, put a, put a pin in janitor. Um, <laughs> Why is so it they, that the janitors are always magical? The, uh, the it's funny because we we talk about that. I had a very different interpretation of the janitor because of like some stuff that maybe I missed. Uh huh. Um, we'll get get rid of. But I was pretty sure he was one of the cultists. But apparently, the prevailing wisdom is he's a magical realism creature which i don't like i don't like there being magical like forces for good yeah in this game i think that is contrary to the theme Mm -hmm. and then when i was talking about that in slack someone's like well did you talk to the pastor the pastor talks about religion and stuff i'm like no i didn't talk to the pastor (laughs) but i went to the church it was empty and like i don't want to just keep going and checking a fucking empty church because this game puts six screens before that yeah i I will i will make a case for the pastor the pastor storyline is very good i will make a case for it i will present it because i found it and it also resonated for me yeah present it i don't i don't need to hear cases for any of them i believe Mm -hmm. that all of the individual scenes will be good yeah it's never, it's not a question. Any of the complaints I have this game are not a question of the content. It's mm. the things it makes me do to get the content. Yeah. It's like the, you know, Okami opening. Like you can make the best Zelda <laughs> like in the world, but if you put it after 15 minutes of cutscene, I'm not going to fucking yeah. play it. Like you can just, you can just feed me. You don't have to put my food into a fucking cat puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a dog. Like, no, if you know, if you put all these kibble on a flat plate, it'll take Gary longer to eat it. And it's like, nope. You know what? I, I'm uh, I'm 38. I get to choose the pace at which I take in content. I'm a gamer, and I deserve uh, a treat. Yeah, I, I didn't lose a war. <laughs> you know, I just uh, so the uh, the pre the preacher may very well be good, regardless of which. I feel like the ending kind of lesson that May learns there shouldn't be supernatural god stand-ins. No, no, in the game that feels weird to me, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this guy is. I don't think he's a cultist anymore because people presented compelling. Well, also he's alive at the end of the game. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I just assume that more like some of them would have gotten out yeah, or got out or there would have been some that went down there or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think because otherwise they solved it. Yeah. And that's weird too, right? Like mm-hmm. they, I mean, they solved the cult. They didn't solve the main problem that the cult symbolizes, et cetera, et cetera. But I think right, it's right. a little weird to have them try like completely triumph mm-hmm. at the end. Anywho. Yeah. There's a janitor who's uh, like a magical realism. He's a green mile. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So because your parents forgot to pick you up, uh, super heartbreaking. Like, uh, as things happen in the game, uh, May makes notes in her diary, which is very fun to look at. She has like these big, uh, kind of Sharpie drawings in there. Um, you know, the first note is your parents forgot you, uh, yep. which sucks. Um, for any, especially if you have had that in your past, we're like, oh, I, my, they just straight up forgot to come pick me up because American Idol was on and mm. the end of choir practice happened too coincide with that not that i'm angry or still hold yeah. that against them um no so you have to walk home and you end, you end up having to go through this kind of trashy hollow this little valley um you know doing some platforming and light puzzling uh to break logs and things like that mm-hmm. one of the things that there's a minor nitpick uh, this game but i think it would have actually had a pretty appreciable effect on my my enjoyment of the pace is that when you uh when you're walking and there's something that uh may want to comment on you'll get a little marker mm-hmm you can press a button, but you always stop to to talk out loud about it. Yeah. 
it doesn't just become dialogue that can happen while you're moving. Yeah. Which I think would have been a real better way. And it becomes very weird when it's you and your friends because mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine two friends who always stop when they want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and that never happens. No. Like, I mean, it happens if it's something important, but like mm-hmm. most people will walk and talk. Yeah. You know, it's not just Aaron Sorkin TV shows that, that happens. And like, it happens in real life. It was based on a true story of two <laughs> people who walked and talked. So like, the fact that every time you have to do that is one of the reasons why the pacing is slow. Like this plays into, um, I talked about like Bioshock, like how much I like, like listening to an audio log and walking around a place and learning about it with my ears while I'm learning about it with my eyes. Yeah. Um, here you don't do that. No, no. And I thought you were going to, in this first area. I thought you were going to talk about, um, how the notice this or interaction button takes time to draw on the screen. I would sometimes be past something before I noticed, uh, that happens too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you you have to you have to like then do this little turnaround. This beautifully animated but still kind of annoying walk yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's a thing too. So that's a, that's a good point. Like while we're nitpicking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like it's a nitpick, but also like if I never that's had to do stop in the game. moving yeah. forward while listening, like I think that would have addressed a lot of pacing yeah. stuff because there's a lot of things to talk like think about. You know, mm-hmm. um, if those had been timed out, so I could stop, listen to something, and then make my way to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and just have may always be like, she's kind of thinking out loud, you know, when she's commenting on things that feels very real to me. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm walking around a space, especially a place that's like emotionally resonant, like even specifically when I go home, you know, uh, you know, I'm walking and thinking about my past and thinking about these things. I'm not stopping and staring at them, Mm -hmm. you know? So that, that part is super weird to me. Yeah. But it begins here along with this kind of uh, tutorial on how to jump and triple jump. Yes. Uh, in this, um, it's very, very light puzzling, um, that does not feel like it's really doing very much for the rest of the game. Like you don't do very much of this. No. Do a little bit. Yeah. But um, I do like how you, in order to get through town, you have to go through your old playground. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a thing. Going yeah, back to your used old... to be your playground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like falling the shambles, just like a lot of stuff in the town. Um, is falling yep. shambles. Uh, but you're picked up actually by your aunt, uh, Molly. Uh, Bay calls her Aunt Mall Cop, uh, which yep. is a policewoman. Um, and she's always very cryptic about trying to be protective of you. Yes, because she's a cultist. Um, <laughs> the, uh, when you, when you get back and, and meet your, your dad and your mom, they're very apologetic, but you immediately just kind of go to sleep. Um, and you get this kind of, again, this rhythm. You can check things around your house. You can check things, uh, in, you know, eventually in your room. Mm-hmm. Um, get this kind of rhythm. There's a song, you have a bass. And you can get up and you can play bass right away. Yep. Like, you know, one song, you'll learn more throughout the game kind of functions. Not even as a sound test because it's explicitly in the game. Like they're band practice songs. Yeah. Um, but if you want to, you'll get a new message every day. Mm-hmm. And then that gets expanded to the town as we, we move into part one, home again, and kind of day one. Yes. Um, so this is, you know, when you get the run of the town, you can go around. There are parts of it that are blocked off by uh, construction, like sinkholes have been happening around here, just mm-hmm. because the, this is a town that's built over a mine. So there are places that are just cut off of you, cut, cut off yeah. to you. Um, these kind of, with every part, more of these open up, um, which is also one of those things that runs into, uh, I won't bring this up every time, but I think it, it's part of it, is that like when the pace of the story picks up is when you your rounds are the longest. Yeah. You know, so like when I really want to find out what is going on with this, this ghost and this cult, uh, is when I, if I'm checking everything, it takes three times as long as it takes in the beginning of the game mm-hmm. to do so. And I think that's, again, that's a real weird choice. Yeah. Um, essentially at this point, you talk to your parents, they say, Hey, like your friend Greg, uh, works at the Snack Falcon. Um, so you head over to the Snack Falcon, which is a, uh, a convenience store. Mm hmm. You meet Greg. Um, I love the way Greg's face is drawn. Uh-huh. Like it's only like four shapes, but it suggests an expression in a way that's like really kind of great. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that Greg out of the, the friendships in this, like, I think B develops into something good that I have, like, I don't think it's quite perfect. Mm-hmm. Angus, I didn't spend tons of time with. I spent some time with. I think mm-hmm. the relationship between May and Greg is like a really, really believable, great friendship. Yeah. Uh, in this. And some of that's going to depend on how you play because, again, it's mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like if you hang out with Greg a lot, you're not going to get a lot of B. If you hang out with B a lot, you're not going to hang out with Greg. Yeah. I mostly tried to balance them, but B kept putting me in positions where I felt guilty for being such a complete asshole mm-hmm. that I was hanging out with B because out of guilt more than – that I liked their friendship more. Yeah. Uh, at least for like the mid game. And then near the end, it became a better kind of friendship. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely ended up hanging out with B because I felt like, okay, I need to make this better. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a weird motivation. Yeah. You know, for the um, game. And, and, and I think that, I think that friendship gets 90% of the way there mm-hmm. as being like a really, really perfectly drawn friendship. Yeah. Um, and they, like there, there's a certain self-destructive aspect to both May and Greg hanging out together. You know, oh, like yeah. you both bring out the worst in each other in a lot of ways. And that, that that's the thing. Like you're a little, yeah. you're a little criminal delinquents. Yeah. Um, it's strongly hinted at and we get to it a little bit later. I didn't get tons of the hints because I didn't do the specific hangouts where you learn them. Mm-hmm. I just know this about Greg is that he is, he is bipolar. Yes. He even, um, he even says it like there's a, I, I did most of my hangouts with, with, with Greg, but there was, or with B rather, there was one that I did with Greg where he just straight up says it. He's like, yeah, I've got really up, up days and really low, really down, down days. Yeah. As, com- yep. as contrasted with, with May, who just kind of says like, yeah, most, most of my stuff is just blah. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're, you're into to band practice. Apparently you used to be in this band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a really, really amazing touch again that I think is very real is that you've more or less been v- uh, replaced by B who plays a laptop. <laughs> and I think that's very funny. Yeah. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're drummer. Um, I forget is, is Caleb their drummer? Did he? Oh, I mean, it's not Caleb, the, the guy who, the guy who died, right? Yeah, yeah, the one who disappeared. Yeah. Like, you see, wa- yeah. like, not wanted posters, but you see, you know, missing kid posters. <laughs> yeah. If you see this dead toddler, kill him again. <laughs> this, this toddler's wanted, this dead toddler is wanted dead or alive. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm all out of a lot. You're, you're right. Yeah. Like, you didn't, yeah, the, the drummer got replaced. I, I can't remember. He's missing. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, I, um, I forget as well, but B is, <laughs> B yeah. is playing a laptop. She does the drum lines on that. Uh, and also she is doing the bass lines while, uh, yeah. while May is away. Uh, and yeah. May is very like, <laughs> why are you talking about how hard that part is? You play a laptop. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, you also meet Angus at this point, who is a big guy, like a big bear, mm-hmm. um, guy who is Greg's boyfriend. Yeah. Like uh, here. Sings in the band. I, I didn't spend very much time with Angus yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about it. Like other people were just like, Angus is great. I'm like, <laughs> when I had the chance to go do two things, why wouldn't I hang out with my friends? Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's a weird, like there's something to this game where the, the rhythm of it, the go and do all the stuff is realistic. Mm-hmm. And then another way where people who play it are very explicitly being video game players about it. Yeah. So like I was talking to somebody in the Slack and this is, this is skipping ahead, but the part where you have the three big hangouts, it's the one time you can do a hangout with, with Angus, mm-hmm. right? You're investigating one of the clues. They're like, oh, I did it because I hadn't hung out with him before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, are you are you role playing or are you playing a game? Because yeah. as a role playing, like you'd play with, you'd go hang out with two of your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're playing a game, you'd go do the novel thing. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, of course I want to develop these relationships that I spent the entire game with. Why do I want to start a new one, three fourths the way through the game? Yeah. You know, I just I just had the sense I was just like, oh, me and Angus aren't really friends. Yeah. You know, and that's fine because that happens in social groups and like, you know, he seems nice enough. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I felt like that was it, but I didn't end up doing anything deep with Angus. Yeah, you really don't so. get a lot of them. Um, but he, uh, he's got, he's got some depth to him that is good. Like I, I did his hangout. Um, because yeah, yeah just like we don't spend any time together was my, was my, uh, kind of rationale for it. Also, 
his route made sense for what we were trying to accomplish. So, so it makes sense as a, as a, uh, it makes sense from a game player perspective, mm-hmm. but it also like, again, it felt weird from a role-playing perspective and everyone tells me that the Angus scene is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's also kind of got just like super bad, shitty broken homes yeah, yeah. in a way. Like I always feel like what these, these, uh, these, I think may has the closest to a functional home at this yeah, point, but her parents it didn't are used to be supportive. Yeah. Yeah, but her dad used to be like an abusive drunk. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be. And there's, there's something that happens in media sometimes where, where everybody comes from a broken home that always stretches credulity a little bit to me. Yeah. I mean, it's still like, 50%. There, <laughs> yeah. It, it's somebody who like comes from a extremely like broken, bad childhood. Mm-hmm. Having somebody who had a really great childhood who was friends with me mm-hmm. added to the tragedy, like made it worse. I was yeah. kind of feel like it's a little bit of a missed opportunity not to have somebody have a functional family. Yeah. You know? Um, regardless of which, none of that stuff matters because you play the best song in the game uh, right here, like 20 minutes in, <laughs> yep. um, which is this incredible, like, so they introduced the, this bass playing mini game, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like, you know, a beat mania or a, you know, guitar, uh, guitar hero, like, you know, amplitude, uh, thing. Yeah. like amplitude, you were playing bass and you play the song called die anywhere else where they, they do a synthesizer that has the vocal lines and they have the vocals at the bottom. So you can kind of imagine what it'd be like to sing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you never have any practice. It doesn't matter if you do poorly. Um, because you very explicitly have never played the songs before. You're just kind of winging it. Yeah. Um, this song is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, God, this song is good. Yeah. I want to hear a, uh, um, a vocal version of this. There's tons of them. If oh, you go yeah. on YouTube, there's, there's like a half dozen of them and they're all like pretty, I mean, they're not all good. Like yeah. there are, there are ones that are kind of embarrassing, I think, but like most of them are really good. Yeah. So super, super cool. This is my favorite song in the game. Like hands down, like mm-hmm. I get this stuck in my head. Uh, and I think it is very melodically strong. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. And, and, just, I, uh, yeah, really and I like these little uh, guitar hero sections too. Me too. Like as far as interactivity, these felt like the the best mm-hmm. to me. Like the, this, it feels like a game. I don't mind that there's not a fail condition and it's like actively fun. You mm-hmm. know, it goes into that rhythm game episode we did where it's like, I like this because the song is good. Yes. Like, of course I want to learn how to play this. It's a cool song, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So super, super fun. Um, you leave to go for pizza. You can't go to, uh, you know, you don't go to possibilities, which is the good pizza place. <laughs> you go to the, <laughs> the diner. diner. You know, because because of money and stuff. And, you know, again, speaking of one of these, like, interactive things that don't really do very much, like, everybody grabs a piece of pizza from the middle of it. Like, you control your paw and move around and grab it. Mm-hmm. We talk about little task kind of things. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're just kind of shooting the shits with your, shit with your friends. Yeah. You know? Uh, the kind of notable thing is that B is being really cold toward you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Gonna he didn't it. seem to like you. And you, you, I think at this point you've learned that you used to be very good friends when you were little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you're leaving, you know, you're talking about the pizza scale saying that like bad pizza is really bad, but anything above bad pizza is actually great. It just extends up to infinity. Uh, but as you're leaving, um, this is that blue velvet moment. It's not an ear in the lawn. It is an arm on the sidewalk. Yeah. Um, and you have a little interactive section where may, uh, you know, being this destructive teenager uh, on a 20 year old body decides to poke at it with a stick until you reveal a strange tattoo. Yep. Um, your aunt shows up, uh, takes the scene over and, uh, that's, that's kind of, B drives you home and she's really quiet and kind of annoyed yeah. with you again. She's very cold. So this arm does not get followed up on forever. Right. Like it's very weird. They put that in the very first scene. Um, cause we have a long stretch, big armless stretch. <laughs> uh, so stretch armless. And the, uh, this is also a thing that kind of fooled me when I first started playing it because this first day I think is very, is paced very well. Mm-hmm. Like there's a limited amount of stuff to go talk to. So I went and talked to like people in town between me and the, the snack Falcon mm-hmm. um, and stuff. And you, you met some of the people, but I felt like this was like the good pace. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to day two, um, you wake up, uh, your computer is not working. 
Um, it is overrun with adware that probably came from dark web porn shit. Mm-hmm. You can you can make that canon or not. You can say that it was definitely was porn or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you need to, Angus knows computers, so you have to go uh, talk to Angus. Yeah, you have to go seek him out. Um, yep. th- this is where the streets become really populated. Like some people that you can talk to, like you can hear Sel- Selma's poems, um, mm-hmm. which are always really like, you know, goofy, which sets up a contrast for later. Yeah. Um, Sel- also- Selmer. Selmer. Well, her name's Selma, yeah. but, but May calls her Selmers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who comes through every day, like, just does, does a little rhyming uh, kind of comic relief poem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are other people as well. There's, like, kind of, you know, just kind of townies and mm-hmm. stuff, some of which uh, know May, some of which don't. Yeah. Um, just to, so we don't talk about them every day, you know, which when they come through, it's worth, like, so the, the people I did was Selmers, mm-hmm. um, the guy next to Selmers. And, oh, the cranky guy? He was like, get off my porch kind of guy? Um, no, the, the guy – well, the guy just to the upper left. So there's the, the the explicitly cranky guy who lives on your street. Yeah, yeah. Down there. But the guy who's just kind of the upper left who is mostly just kind of like the, the crestfallen warrior mm. kind of character. Like he just seemed kind of bummed out and talked about the town. Okay. Um, I always talked to the telemarketers or listened in on them when they were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up and did the astrology guy for three of them. But I got bored. Yeah, I did like one uh, of so them, I and I decided it was too much yeah. trouble. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that those are not. I didn't think that was that fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went up to the church, and like I said, I tried to. You know, two people told me to go to the church. I went once, and my mom was there. Next time it was empty. There's a guy to the right of the church, like an old guy, mm-hmm. uh, who I talked to once, but it's too late in the game. I think these are on tracks. Yeah. So like the first time you talk to them, you'll get dialogue one, and then it sets a marker, and it's like if dialogue counter is at one. Play dialogue two. Mm-hmm. Dialogue counters it too. So by the time I talked to him, it was too late to get anything meaningful. I just walked through a bunch of empty screens to have him be like, my name's this. Yeah. And then the game ended. Mm. So that's the extent of what I did deep. I went and talked to a bunch of other people kind of once. Yeah. But nothing felt hooky to me. Um, I went down and saw the rats. There are rats <laughs> on the ground that you can feed, which is just for like, it's a little fun, little side, kind of side thing you can do. Yep. And I talked to, uh, I went down one day when a group of people in town were talking about a mural being defaced. Yes. Uh, which is a good conversation. And yeah. that's the extent of my side stuff. Yeah. So like uh, underground, there's the trolley station. Uh, those kids are really interesting. You run into them later, like in a story capacity, but like they are the people who are in high school now who view May as the old out of touch person, uh, mm-hmm. who's, <laughs> who is 20. So they, so she can't buy them beer. So she is useless to them. But the, like, uh, yeah, good. The scene where you run into them in the cemetery is very funny. Yes. um there's also i liked the uh the the two townies who hung out outside the bar who like oh i i I, I talked to those guys as well the smelters yeah the the go smelters guys who are like just like really morose about their problems but they continue to get out of bed basically because they are fans of the the smelters the local i guess football team yeah 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 i play on the the steelers of course Mm mm-hmm um, who are not people who steal things, which I didn't learn until I was like 20. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, those guys, I forgot about those guys. I talked to those guys as well. If you notice a common thread for me, there are people who are on the way to the community stores. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. um, I'll talk about the, uh, about the church and the Bruce storylines. Um, uh, when we, when they open up because the, the, the those are actually very good. And I and think apparently the, uh, the noteworthy ones that we, the two of us both missed are, um, one, you know, we talked about germ. Uh, apparently there's a little girl on top of a roof hmm. that is apparently very good. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you hid your light too well. So yeah. even someone looking for it didn't get it. <laughs> uh, this isn't really a storyline, but I love the, uh, 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 like rivalry or menacing relationship between May and the pretzel guy. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, they're like May has a really sketchy past in this town. Like she is a a revered trouble troublemaker. Um, not revered, but you know what I mean. Well known, yeah. and people are like, Infamous. "Oh God, you're back! You're you're back!" Okay. Yeah. Yep. And the the reveal of what that is is good. Yeah. Um, I'd already more or less guessed what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, be, before that had happened, but it's an interesting place to put her in. Yeah. Um, so just know this is going to be one of those things where we cruise by. Like we're not going to talk about every time you talk to those people, but that is what you're supposed to be doing to get the full experience is going through and talking to all those people in these various parts of this town. Right. Um, if you're beelining it or if you, uh, once (laughs) you've done Greg or Angus lining it. Yeah. Angus lining it. What is this? This does a flagging adventure game thing. And this is totally a nitpick, but Mm -hmm. I knew where Angus worked. Uh They they told me the day before he works at the video store too. Uh, so I went to the video store too. And the person in there, you can't talk to them. Right. There's somebody other than Angus working there and you can't talk to them. You have to go over to Greg have him tell you again that mm-hmm. Angus works there and then go back and then they do it. Yeah. Which I just, why? <laughs> um, but anyway, so you go there, you have to go, uh, you go to Greg or you go to Greg. And he tells you that Angus works at the video too. You go there. They say they live in this building. Um, go in, do, uh, go up and go to their, their house. Yeah. To go to their house, their call button is uh, missing. So you have to like jam your finger into it while there's current to close the circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the more explicitly puzzled things in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Angus fixes your your laptop. Um, you can say you either are looking at like adult stuff or I can't remember what the other option was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, you know, he says don't be ashamed of that. Fixes it, and now you have a laptop. Um, so that becomes part of your daily routine. Like when you get home, um, you can check your laptop every day. You can get IMs mm-hmm. uh, from your friends, and Greg tells you about this version, or maybe Angus. I think Angus is the person who plays it as well. Yeah. Um, Demon Tower, which is this. Like semi roguelike game uh, that you can play in the game. That's kind of a mini game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's the way they talk about it. It sounds like to me like they're talking about WoW. They're like, yeah, oh, the servers yeah. kept your save game. Like, you know, you can just pick up right where you left off. And then when you play the game, it's like a really really simple roguelike Zelda mm-hmm. thing. It's very strange. Yeah, I did like one level of this, and I decided that it was not something I really wanted it, to spend a lot of time on. It's super bad. Like yeah. the, 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 the mechanic of this is that you're, you have a certain amount of health and then as you go up levels, uh, you get increased number of dodges you can do in a row yeah. at the cost of your health. Right. Um, however, the, uh, the hitboxes, it's not necessarily the hitboxes, but like the enemy, uh, kind of stun frames mm-hmm. aren't enough. So if an enemy is coming at you from above you, um, and you fail to hit them, they can juggle you yeah. down. Like if, it, but it's specifically they're coming from above you. Like, I know it's just, like, a weird little, like, side diversion thing, but, like, it's not, it, it was not fun. Like, I did not yeah. like, I do not like Demon Tower. The aesthetics of it are cute, mm-hmm. like, like everything in the game, but it was, it was not fun to play. Yeah. I just, um, I, I more like the idea of May bonding with her friends over this game, because that is something that, you know, resonates with me. The people do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just wish it, like, it wouldn't have hurt it to be a good game, too. Yeah. You know, so then you would have done it. And it also doesn't come up very often. It's not like if you play it more, you can talk about it more. Yeah. As far as I know. So, mm. It is a cool idea, but it very, you know, it, I, I don't really like how Demon Tower articulates specifically. Yeah. Um, this is, that's the last of my like pre nitpicky nitpicky nitpicks <laughs> for a little bit though. Okay. Um, yeah. So we go into uh, day three, uh, which again starts the, the kind of rhythm of like every day I wake up and I check my laptop, which I do mm-hmm. in real life. And it's mostly your friends saying, Hey, come on by. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a party tonight. Uh, and May is going to go along. Uh, despite the fact that Cole is going to be there. Cole is somebody that uh, you went to prom with. 
mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty disastrous. Yeah, some kind of some kind of ex uh, may is by. Yeah, um, and some kind of ex uh, lover or boyfriend or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go, uh, you have to do this like psych yourself up in a mirror uh, part where you can say good things about yourself, but there's always a bad corollary to it. Yeah, which is which is good and rings true. <laughs> you um, can also decide whether or not you want to eat tacos with your parents before you go, mm-hmm. um, and that changes the dialogue after you throw up later on. Yeah, yeah, which is cute. Yeah. Um, and you go to this party, it's a party in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, uh, kind of walk through and chat with people, but it's, you're mostly just gaining up the, the courage to talk to Cole, which you have to drink beer for. Yes. Um, they hates beer. Yeah. She says, this is not yeah. a good beverage, but you have to like, just, you'll go try to talk to him and say, yeah, not yet. And then you go back to the keg. There's, there's no, uh, there's no functional drinkers in this game. No. Like alcohol is everyone who can drink alcohol. It's always a disaster, and it turns you into a monster. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's weirdly like, moralistic about it. <laughs> like B and uh, um, they like the other friends. They're there drinking. Like everybody's yeah. doing it. It's only May who uh, is uh, really destructive about it. Well, and and her dad and uh, the guy. It's either it's either B's dad or the guy who it's implied like sexually harassed B. Mm. There's somebody else who they know from that. Like there's a lot. There's a lot of. Uh, drinking turns you into to a bad person and stuff yeah, yeah like in this like this weird thing like the, the other characters never act drunk or anything there's no yeah. like happy drunks mm-hmm. yeah. in this uh, especially not her because she gets too drunk and does this thing where she kind of holds court about you know what went wrong and makes a huge scene yeah like she's she she is addressing cole but she is uh, shouting so everybody can hear and really just uh you know alluding to the fact that like hey i'm back this is all about me and you all remember the things i did in high school and also have yep. nightmare eyes like it's yep, real I'm bad yeah it's it's real self-pitying yep yeah um yeah in a way in a way again you're not really supposed to like may no like no. Th- this is extremely like bad yeah you know, like somebody did this is like very destructive and also just kind of like, again, to, like you said, making it all about her, like, mm-hmm. you know, not being all, it's relatable, but it's also kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, if, if you have an incident like this in your past, even if it is not as outsized, it is something, I mean, that's something I feel bad about. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, you know, embarrassing. Not, not, yeah, not a great it, thing to have happen. Yeah. It does. It does ring really true. Yeah. Um, B decides to give you a ride back and you're just like, you know, essentially doing that. Like you start off kind of normal, uh, but then you, your voice gets really slurred and you're doing that like why is everybody mad at me? Like kind of thing that mm-hmm. sad drunks do. Right. Yeah. Um, they do something that I like where when you're picking your dialogue choices, it's very, you know, plain spoken, eloquent, says exactly what I want, but when it, what you want to, then when it comes out, it's like, yeah, they're mad at me. Yeah. It's kind of nonsense, you know, and th- yeah. this is where we learn about uh, bees earlier. You'd made a reference to, to bees uh, mom or you oh. can have, <laughs> well, you're surprised that she's still here and you're surprised that she's working at her parents, uh hardware store. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, even before that, I think in day two or day one, oh, yeah. you can, you can bring it up as well. Um, yeah. you can lay a little bit of track for this, but essentially like you've been bringing up, like you brought up her mom, uh, B says, you know, my mom died during your senior year. You forgot all about that. Yeah. You know, and she essentially, this kind of lays out the foundation of B's character where after that happened, her dad, uh, kind of had a breakdown. She has to run the family business and may got to go to college and ended up throwing that away. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like B rightfully resents, you know, <laughs> resents her perception of what's going on with May. Like May ultimately yep. has a reason for doing what she has done, but May is also incredibly thoughtless and doesn't seek to understand what B is going through. Yes. You May, know? May is like that that's why I say that that friendship gets 90% of the way there. Like 
May May is a bad friend. Yeah. Like, explicitly, I mean, she's, I don't think she necessarily brings out the best in Greg. Like, you can make the argument that she's a bad friend to Greg, too. But, like, mm-hmm. she's definitely a bad friend to be. And the big issue I have with this friendship is that this she just kind of refuses to learn yeah. from this. So this is the first time this comes up. And this will continue to come up until a third time where, like, how many times does B have to say why May is being awful? Right. You know, and, like, that's characterization. It's just extremely harsh. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that's intentional. I think that, like... May is just supposed to be pretty shitty, yeah. you know, but it's real harsh. Like I had the moment during the third one of these during the next party. Mm-hmm. Like, did you do that one? Yeah. Yeah. Where I was just like, man, like, <laughs> like fucking read the room. What is, like, <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? Like I, yeah. I got very mad at my avatar, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is saying something, right? Like that doesn't yeah. happen in games very often. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, yeah, she's not good. Mm-hmm. Like eventually near the end, like there's hope for it to be good. Yeah. She's not good. No. Um, you know, and, and that's something that, like, you see uh, on Twitter, like, I've seen Scott talk about a lot, where people complain about May being bad, and he's like, you're not supposed to like her. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like what do you, like, of course you don't like her. Like, she's awful, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that is, um, I, think, I think that's important, you know, uh, uh, that is a complaint that people have about media, where, like, oh, there's no character that I can like in this. Oh, yeah. You know? And, um, and what's interesting is, or what's important is that character to be interesting, not that they be likable. Yes. Yeah. You know, and May is definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that they may and be specifically keep hammering this this specific point down yeah. makes me feel like that is a holdover from the fact that all of these sequences aren't necessary. Yeah, this one is. Mm-hmm. But the the next two of them deal with the same thing because that's B and May's character. Mm-hmm. But the player may not get them. Yeah. The player might go hang out with Greg instead. Yeah. Um. So like we have to really hammer. We have to do the kind of. The next two arguments you have with B accomplish a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, because it needs to be – if this is the only one that you do, it needs to communicate that. Yes, and yeah. I think that's a flaw that I don't know how they should have gotten around that. Yeah. It just meant that by the time I got to that party, I felt like May's kind of like absolute shittiness and refusal to learn was kind of stretching belief Yeah, to me. Yeah, um, but – B lays out the thesis for like why they don't get along, which is May got to go away, something B desperately wanted to do. By going away, May was allowed to stay the same. B had to stay close and grew older. So B is like the most mature of all of them, uh, you know, outside of maybe like uh, Angus has has got some immaturity problems, but B was like forced to grow up. Yeah. And that's essentially what it is. Yeah. And there's also a subtext of May used to be smart. Like May is not smart. She's not a smart person. Yeah. Which it's having B talk about that was actually very refreshing because you run the risk of just like, you know, uh, a Grimes Homer Simpson thing where <laughs> right. an entire world does not treat a character who's an absolute mess like they're a mess. Right. And having some character be like, no, like you're absolutely a mess and you're a real dipshit. Mm-hmm. Like you make a lot of bad decisions and you're not smart, like is really refreshing because <laughs> it's true. Like. May is a character I really like, and I think there's hope for May, and I think that's the point of the game. I don't think you're supposed to come into this being like, she's she's set. Yeah. You know, she's she's great. She did it. Yeah. You know, success. It's, it's fucking devastating in the scene when B says, you used to be worth talking to. Yeah, yeah. It's a really yeah. mean thing to say. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you get out of the car, this, and you have your first dream sequence. Uh, this is the only one that's like this. Mm-hmm. Um, this one you go through, you go through kind of like dark, surreal versions of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, this one you have a baseball bat. And you have to go through and destroy uh, cars and, and destroy lampposts and stuff until you get to a statue and, and bash it. Yeah. And I'm cool with this one. Like, mm-hmm. you're drunk. You're real mad. Your friend just told you off. Like, this actually feels like it reflects on the day that I had. Yes. And it's so weird that the rest of them don't. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I have no idea what the what the rest of them have to do with anything. 
nope, I have no idea. Like this one, even the statue ends up making sense. Yeah. yeah like the statue is a thing. Yeah. Um, so this starts uh, part two of the game called Weird Autumn. <laughs> So day four begins with May's hangover <laughs> and her parents kind of ribbing her about it, but not really uh, raising too much of a stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her parents are generally very permissive. Like, there's an argument that comes later, but like they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, so construction work on the power line is done, which means you can now uh, kind of head up towards the old town hall um, and kind of get around. You can walk on the power lines. Your mom warns you not to do this, mm-hmm. uh, but you can. Um, May's and kind of attitude is F the police. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a, she is a criminal, uh, <laughs> explicitly. Yeah. Um, when you head out uh, your favorite, your favorite pizza place closed, possibilities is now closed. Yeah. This um, is the worst thing ever to happen in the town. Yep. And businesses closing <laughs> are kind of, it reminds me of Thimbleweed Park actually, like yeah. that town with all the, you know, it used to be a boom town and everything closing down, like mm-hmm. having it closed down at the rate that you actually see it in game rather than there just being a bunch of closed places. Like when you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's showing you, like, the rate at which this kind of thing happens. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. So, um, you can do some exploration, but, you know, the rhythm of the game takes you to band practice. Uh, and this is where you get your first choice as to who you want to hang out with. Um, <clears throat> I decided to go with B. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Uh, like, so. the same thing again, motivated by guilt. Yeah. Like, more than anything. I think that the Greg hangout for this one is you guys go out to the woods and, like, knife fight. Uh, that's the uh, next that's one. one. I did this oh, one. Yeah, I, did, okay, I did yeah, the I, knife I did, fight. Yeah. I didn't do the knife fight, which is fucking weird. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I did uh, I did this one here. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, you guys decide to go to the mall. Yeah. Um, and it is, a, it is a dead mall. Yeah. Old gods of the Fort Lucene Mall. Uh, this is great. Like, he's like, why, why in the world would you want to go out there? Well, you know, like old times. Like old times, yeah. you know? Uh, but yeah, everything is dead. Like B even says, like, yeah, this is something like out of a failed state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, extremely, you know, in a way that feels very real. Yeah. I'm um, also just her trying to re recapture, <laughs> right. you know, like this thing, like, let's go to the mall, you know, which is the kind of thing she might do before she left. Right. You know, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you do reckless teen stuff. Like you go to the hot topic, you revolution or your revolution or whatever it is. Uh, and you shoplift some belt buckles. <laughs> Even though neither of you wear belt buckles. Yep, I've uh, I've talked about this before, I'm sure. But like <clears throat> the uh, one of the, the funny things, uh, so I used to. There's a guy who used to be in my band days, mm-hmm. um, who used to shoplift. And I was talking to my my drummer about it. And we were talking about how you shoplift things that you don't want. Yeah. When you're a kid, and you do shoplifting phase, and he said he's like, yeah, man. Every time I go and get gas, I come back, and he's like, dude, check it out. And he like holds out some sunscreen or some shit. <laughs> it's really funny to me. Was, dude, check it out. And then you just have you know. So some novelty glasses or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, here, here's, here's a uh, McCall, you know, uh, 
greatest hits or whatever, like Owen McCall, <laughs> whoever the convoy guy is. The, um, you know, that kind of shit. I, I just think it's very funny. This like shoplifting, this feels very true. Like yeah. shoplifting things you don't want. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the only way I would be impressed by shoplifting is if somebody stole something really implausible. Like, oh, check it out. Here's the CRT TV. Yeah. <laughs> National monuments, quarries. Uh, <laughs> like they, but they used to do that shit all the time in current San Diego. Double trouble is always picking up quarries. Um, <laughs> and only Rockabella can yeah. stop them. I think that's, that's how it goes. The, uh, you know, so, so they talk about things like eventually, uh, you put up B to a, to a, to shoplift as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, and this climax is with you heading up on top of the, uh, you guys sitting in the food court, mm-hmm. you heading up and climbing on things and finding the controls for the statue that you have a fish that used to squirt water and squish it or squirting people who walk by, yeah. um, to make me laugh, which is a cute scene. It's weird that the mall is suddenly full, uh-huh. but like, you know, it's, it's a cute scene and that's kind of trying to repair the friendship a little bit yeah. on arc that happens three more times. Yes. Um, my favorite line in this, so it's not just squirting water out of this trout. She, uh, she also has like a PA in this. Um, oh, and so yeah. she says, this is the voice of God, God Stevenson. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know God had a last name. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. Like yeah. it is a cute scene. It is good dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. and this all ends with you returning the stuff that you stole to a baffled <laughs> clerk who has no, like, no, just uh, does not where to put, does not know where to put this. As, mm-hmm. as May is described, obviously parroting something B said that like, there's no reason you should be in trouble, uh, for us doing this because we are all, you know, <laughs> we, we, we are all victims in this. Yeah, exactly. Which is one of the more explicit, like subtle kind of like political lines in this. Yeah. You know, it's like, like you would be the person who suffered for this. Like yeah. the, the management's going to make a big thing about raising prices and stuff, but you just lose your job and that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a stealing mini game, which we mentioned, which is one of the more mechanically, mm-hmm games in this uh but there's not a whole lot to it yeah um this is the first uh we're not gonna talk about all of these but just know that there's three more of them mm-hmm. the first um dream you have that is the bad dreams <laughs> uh, not nightmare but like negative gameplay experience dreams yeah um where you go around uh, an empty town and you just have to navigate it to find four instrumentalists mm-hmm. um every time you do they add their instrument to the music neat and then you go back to the center of the town right um, I hate these with the the passion of a thousand burning suns. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hate them. Yeah, I don't care for them one bit. I think the one piece of good design in this is after you found all four music musicians, um, mm-hmm. it will put a subtle glow at the edge of the screen, showing you how to get back to um, the place where you need to go to see the god. Yeah, wake up. That's about it. Yeah, like so, I mean, yeah. I guess you know, it, it's it's it you know it gives you a little quest marker, yeah, which is good. But the the traversal of doing it is just like super unfun. Some mm-hmm. of them are hard to find. Yeah. And never in a way that feels good. Like when these are hidden, they're hidden because there's something that's the same shade of light as something you can't walk on that you can. Yeah. There's a lot of background foreground confusion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this is, that's something that generally the game is not perfect at. It's something I think it is a, a, a worthwhile knock on effect of the art style. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that happens in other points where I'm just kind of like, was well, this, you know, mostly when it's dark, like if I'm walking on tree branches, it happened in the beginning scene a little bit happens later when you end up in the woods. Like if it's dark, you don't always know what you can walk on and what you can't. Yeah. Um, it doesn't signal that very well. And that's what these dreams are full of. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they suck. Yeah. Like uh, they suck and they take a while and like, yeah. I wish I knew what they were trying to say. 
I like the when again in Slack, like where I've been talking to people who really love this game and defend it, they just kind of say it's just an atmosphere thing. Like yeah. you're just kind of supposed to soak up this atmosphere. And I'm like, do I have to soak it up four times though? Like, yeah. you know, I just, I, I can get it. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, and sometimes like they seem like they're going to faint towards something more explicitly symbolic. Like there's one where the entire town is on a train. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that, that could be something, right? Yeah. You know, but it, it doesn't really matter if it's something because the actual mechanics of what I'm doing are the same as what I've been doing the entire time, which is just walking around a dark, boring nightscape, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to find four MacGuffins. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, uh, whatever it's saying, the town being on the train is there in the first frame. Yeah. And then you go do this thing afterwards. Yeah. So these suck. I mean, they're a small part of the game. Ultimately, there's four of them. They take maybe, I think the longest one that got stuck on the longest took five minutes. Yeah. You know, like they take like, you know, five minutes, a little bit over, a little bit less. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they're just not additive and they, they do a lot of harm to the pacing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, narrative, narratively, what these are doing to May um, is they're depriving her of night's sleep. Like, mm-hmm. um, and this starts weighing on her. That goes unremarked upon for a while, but eventually people say like, yeah, you look like shit. Just like, yep. yeah, I've got these dreams where I'm jumping around all night and like just, a, it is, it is really weighing me down and breaking me up. Yeah. And these dreams are being sent to her. Yes. By a, by a thing. Right. You know, so th- yeah, this is a Lovecraftian God giving her their, their dreams. How is there, how are they that boring? <laughs> when, when this, this is a Cthuloid monster, like that represents the decay of, you know, modernity sending you dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Music's neat. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's fine. Like yeah. it's cool that it adds pieces, but it's not to anything, right? So like yeah. contrast it to the island in Breath of the Wild that does that. Yeah. Where it is about a sense of accomplishment. It's about a sense of community. Like, you can do that same trick and have it be to something. Mm-hmm. You're not gathering your friends. They're just like faceless musicians. Yeah. You know, it's not to anything. Like it's, it's a, it's a neat trick that you can do to a point, but this is not to a point. Yeah. So I, I doesn't, it does nothing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, this moves on to, uh, to day five. Yes. Uh, did you go with B or Greg on this one? Uh, this one I went to, yeah, I definitely went to, to Greg. Okay. On this one. I want to hear about Greg before I talk about B again. Yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, so you and Greg, it's, this is a, like a comedy one. This doesn't have a whole lot of pathos. This is the two of you, uh, Greg has stolen an old mascot, like <laughs> robot. Like it seems like a Chuck E. Cheese robot. Okay. And th- this is actually like, this is really weirdly implausible too. Like you go and steal a battery out of a car in the woods. Okay. Um, you get electrocuted a bunch of times doing it and then you put it in the, you design the robot similar to the snowman in Lost Constellation. Okay. And then, uh, fire it up with the, uh, with with the battery and you're doing it as a present for Angus. Oh, nice. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's like, it, it doesn't feel like it advances very much in their friendship other than that they're hoodlums. Yeah. And it's weird that it works. <laughs> like, I know you can't just put a car battery in a, like see all those wires and stuff there, Homer. That's why your robot didn't work. You know, like, like these things are complicated. You can't just put a car battery on it and just expect it to work. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it's kind of fun. Like it's a cute, cute scene but i i mm-hmm. just did it because i was like i'm gonna alternate between the two of them and then didn't do another greg one after this because this one kind of sucked mm. like and again it's funny but it's just it wasn't yeah it didn't feel like it advanced the friendship very much other than like when later when the uh, you're investigating the clues mm-hmm. um that one i feel like really does a really great job of uh painting the that relationship i'm glad you did that one because i did not do that one so yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's uh that one's good like it's actually it's really cool so yeah um with b's route 
Um, man, it's weird that we, that, that I'm talking about this in terms of like dating sims or whatever. Um, but with Bees Rot, you'd go on a house call with her. Again, she runs this hardware store. Uh, there are some people in the town who, you know, have things that need to be taken care of. Uh, there's an old woman who lives in the sticks who's got this furnace, uh, that is not working. Uh, turns out, uh, this old woman's trouble. Like, uh, she got in trouble for, uh, keeping her mummified husband around long after he died. Her rationale is hmm. they just couldn't abide not being able to tax him anymore. Um, the, the, the husband isn't around anymore. The, the authorities came by, but she's an eccentric. Uh, and she also has a, uh, a habit of locking, um, lo- locking people in, in her basement who go down there just kind of absentmindedly like, Oh, this, this door should be locked. Click. That ends up happening. Like you go into the basement and, um, as B is fixing the furnace, you pick up some junk and fix the other side by rigging together, uh, kind of like a little piston turbine out of a fan and some stuff, uh, mm-hmm. to make the other side of it work, but you get locked in. The only way to get her attention because she's hard of hearing is for May to grab a baseball bat and just beat the shit out of the furnace, breaking what was fixed <laughs> so mm-hmm. that you're not trapped in there all night. Um, and you know, B, B is still surly about this. Um, but May cheers her up by gathering a bunch of fireflies in her wake to follow her to come back and cheer her up. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So yeah, like, like, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, the big thing I had with the Greg one is it didn't feel like it advanced the, the story or relationship very much. Do you feel like this did that? It, I or mean, was this kind of like more funzos? It was more funzos. Like it was funny, right? I think that it just restated something that I could have gathered already, which is that B is constructive and May is destructive. Right. Yeah. Like to the point where May's nickname in high school was Mayday. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I guess like doing the day two, they wanted to just show them being friends, mm-hmm. you know, as a thing. So it makes sense that there's that parity mm-hmm. that no matter who you go with, you do something kind of inconsequential. Yeah. Uh, there. That makes sense. Um, moving on to, uh, today six. Um, and every morning when you wake up, you can talk to your mom every night when you go home, you can talk to your dad. A really nice touch is your mom and dad are never home at the same time. Right. Um, when you're talking to your dad, you learn a little bit about how like this is on his third job. He's trying to put on a brave face as far as being, uh, working at a deli. Yeah. Um, and that comes up during this, my play date this time, which was with B. Hmm. Okay. So we, we didn't coordinate this, but it's good that we did some different ones. Yeah. Um, it's, it's sad that we didn't switch the first one. I'd be curious what the first Greg yeah. one would be, but, um, but yeah, to, um, to I, our credit, I, like, I, I knew yeah. nothing about the game going into it, so I didn't know to do that. Same. That's the kind of thing yeah. we usually do. I just didn't know that that was going to be the structure. Mm-hmm. So I should have, I should have figured something when the completionist and the new, the, and the game plus extra content on how long to beat was like, it was like 10 hours versus 22. I should have figured that <laughs> might've been the case, but that's eh, It ended up working out, working out. Um, us, us following our noses. I like how you bond with your dad by watching a shitty late night comedy show. Yeah. You come home. <laughs> Got Garbo yeah. and Malloy. I like uh, Garbo and Malloy as well. That's like, a it's whopper. Very surreal and weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, day six is where the, uh, uh, the cracks start showing with your mom. Like she is sitting at the breakfast table, uh, kind of going over some books and talking about, you know, how a lot of adulthood is number stress, like just trying to help, you know, to lead by example and help make grow up a little bit. Um, this will, you know, uh, come to fruition a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. here is where I started doing a lot of the stuff with the, uh, with the pastor and with Bruce. So Bruce is the homeless guy who lives out back behind the church. Um, pastor Kate is new. 
Um, your mom also works at the church and she makes the introduction. Um, Bruce homeless lives up there and Kate is really trying to lobby the town council to allow the homeless to stay in the church, the council and the chamber of commerce, um, you know, and the pastor is doing everything she can saying like, Hey, we have space and there are people who need it. And the chamber of commerce is saying, nobody wants to move to a town where the church is half full of homeless people. Mm. Um, you know, and you, you, you talk with pastor Kate quite a bit, you know, just about how may no longer goes to church and just doesn't really feel the presence doesn't really believe in God. And pastor Kate is really patient with that. And it sets up this great dichotomy that I think speaks to kind of a more nuanced view of this, which is that pastor Kate represents the positive social function that a church can play in a small community like this lobbying for some kind of economic justice to provide, you know, temporary help for somebody who desperately needs it like Bruce, because winter is coming and he doesn't really stand a chance. Um, if, mm. he st- if, you know, if, if, if he sticks around, whereas the cult represents the destructive religious side of it. So like a game that addresses the presence of a church as a positive thing, um, outlining the positive social role that it can play, I think is refreshing to see, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pastor Kate is a very sympathetic figure because she is trying her best and, you know, talking about how faith is a process. And how all of this is hard work and you have to, you know, continue working to help people even when nobody wants to. Um, and eventually, like later on, like Bruce decides, like, yeah, I'm not wanted here, so I'm going to go back east, try and reconnect with my family. Um, mm. It doesn't work out. The town council votes it down. The um, Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, like one, I would agree like that, you know, and that, that's something that like i I am on board with the shadows thing I've said on the show before when religious stuff has come up where it's mm. like religion is good to the degree that it does good, yeah, you know like if if it is something that causes concrete good in the world, it's a good thing, if not, it's not right, you know, um, and like that it's interesting to see that it's also uh interesting because again, like this game is so so Scott Benson, like I didn't know that was part of it, but like like that like he has also talked a lot about him being formerly religious and falling out of that and he's mm-hmm. gone on podcasts and stuff talking about that like yeah. that's very much his experience yeah you know so he he is you know is is at least to some degree may in that conversation yeah you know? and may is invested in this like she <laughs> she offers to help even though she has no money or time but like you know the may that i played she has a lot of fucking time yeah that's you. true <laughs> I, the, uh, no, i'm not saying that to you i'm just saying if, if she if that character says that like i don't do think that i don't, rather I don't than think she every says fucking <laughs> bird in the town like <laughs> i don't i don't think she says comes. anything about right. time but she she the maid that i played was invested in learning about this you know like i made mm-hmm. a point to go up there and see how this evolved because i held out hope that eventually there would be a, a good end to it you know that 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 somebody's idealism wouldn't be wouldn't be crushed um well, is, is the pastor actually in the church? So it, it, it she shifts around. Sometimes she is in the church, the church sanctuary. Sometimes she is out back. Um, so this is very obnoxious to me, like as a thing, right? So yeah. like when I went to the church to go see if anyone was in the church, and my mom was there, which I know that happens uh, during one of these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a mandatory argument because it gets referenced a lot. Maybe not. I don't know if you had a big blow up fight with your mom or not. Yeah, uh, yeah. in the game. The, uh, but then when I came back to the church and the church was empty, like, so I just like, yes, I could have literally combed the entire game world mm-hmm. and found this character. I feel like going to the church probably should have done it. 
Yeah. You know, I feel like I either like missed some kind of flag or I went on the right day or wrong yeah. day. And even if I did eventually find her, like mm-hmm. if I went there and I went back to the church after it was empty mm-hmm. and she was actually back in the church, I'd be starting that storyline with fewer numbers of days to complete it. Yeah. So who knows if I would have got the end of it? Like it's a very, very flawed system for storytelling. Yeah. Like it can work, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's like, I don't feel like with that one, like I even particularly did anything wrong right. with that. Like I checked the place where the person would be, you know, little, uh, little Sigmire. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a problem. Like, I, I just, I think that is not, and again, like three, three person team, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not actually trying to hold their toes to the fire on this. Very no, much. no. I well, just hope that that is, this is another one of those things. And we, we run in these games and stuff where I do think that like are very good, but have problems, but also won a million awards. And I worry that the developers are not going to, not going to try anything different. Yeah. Success hides problems. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, it, like how many, you know, you get a bunch of BAFTAs, like maybe you don't, Stop and consider if that's the best way to tell a story because everybody like who, you know, everybody who that didn't work for probably bounced off the game immediately. Mm-hmm. Everybody who it did work for, you maybe don't even know that's a problem because yeah. you just happen to like end up in the right lane at the right time. Yeah. To and, get it, you know? Yeah. Is, is, is there any pressure aside from, is there any pressure outside of the pressure to make this more this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe we will get just like, you know, a game that deals with other issues, it's a different setting, but is exactly the same kind of like skeleton. Yeah. You know, and I, I just can't imagine not like when I play it, like I'd be interested to play it, not just having the same problems where like I either miss something or I'd get tired of fully exploring the town, which is a little bit on me, but a little bit on the game too, mm-hmm. you know, and just end up missing something meaningful. Yeah. And it is meaningful. Like it's a really good storyline. It, you know, it, it is poignant, affecting and speaks to the larger you know, it, it addresses a whole organ that is necessary for a small town like this, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, it speaks to, uh, you know, a side of this problem in an institution that is a very clear foil to, like, the ultimate bad force in this town as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and weird just not to talk about homelessness when you're talking about economic right. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, so. They did. It was just, you know, weird, weird and flagged and gated. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird, it's weird to go through the story and not have it touch on it. Yeah. Which you can very, you know, like relatively easily do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess like to clarify to you, like when I talk about these things being essential, like essential is the wrong word because just getting the story between, if you just like make a beeline to your play dates every day, yeah. like you're getting a version of the story that is, is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because that is so good that it makes the parts that are missing like really stand out. Yeah. So it stings again, opportunity cost. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I went, with, I went with Greg today. Uh, we mm-hmm. hop on his motorized bicycle and take a very long ride out to the woods. Um, really, he just wants to do more hooliganism. He brought <laughs> uh, back in their teens, Greg and May used to knife fight um, where they would try and stab each other's hands as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to stab each other's bodies. Um, and it brings out this little mini game. That's a little bit like, um, you, you play boxing for the Atari. Yeah. It's like that. Um, is what you're doing. Um, and every time you attack, you know, if you, if you land one, it leaves, uh, leaves another wound. There are like three rounds. Um, and a round is over when you stab your friend three times. Yeah. I, when I saw that they do a knife fight, I thought that was very weird. Yeah. That is an over the top thing for who them <laughs> kids to do. Yeah. Cause you, you assume like nobody likes getting their hand cut, right? Mm-hmm. This is a safe assumption. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, I, just, I thought that was very weird that they get in a knife fight. Yeah. Like, it, it would make sense if they're going to play that. And what's, what's the game where you, um, yeah, the, the, the finger stabbing. Yeah. Yeah. Stab game. scotch. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, like that, 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 that does make sense actually. Cause you're, the win condition of that is not somebody gets stabbed. <laughs> like if you do it right, nobody gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> do it right. Come on. Yeah. Like the, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got really, I didn't ever do that with a knife, but I got really good and, and fast at doing that with a pencil in high school. Hmm. Like pretty fast. <laughs> so the, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I, I'm, so how does, like, does that, does that, reading about that made it feel weird. Does it feel good? Does it feel like it follows that they get into a knife fight? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all in good fun, even though the wounds are real. Like you, if you, uh, I won, um, because, because I rule. Um, but Greg says like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> My hand hurts. It's addressed later. He's like, yeah, they're, they're going to heal fine. It's okay. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit like the thing with the robot I built where like Meg is electrocuted a bunch of times uh-huh. during that in a way that like, it's kind of the game does a weird kind of straddles the line with like cartooniness or not, you know, like mm-hmm. the knife fight is very cartoony. Yeah. And then later when you get into like you, you fall down at a point and end up in a coma. Yeah. You know, like it, it is, it definitely trait like this is a character who can be injured mm-hmm. and at the same time also gets electrocuted and stabbed for fun. Like <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like I don't know if yeah. it's. It, that's that's perfect. I don't know if I would have done it that way. So there there probably would be a way. To, but that's that's a thing that just stupid teenagers and people who are mentally stupid teenagers do. Like we used to joust on golf carts, you know. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah. But I, th- this just feels like more of that though. Yeah, like we're a little bit too high of it. Like jousting on golf carts, you weren't jousting with like spears. You weren't trying to stab each other in the chest. Presumably, mm-hmm. you had like a blunt instrument. Yeah, yeah. We had we had, we had nerf bats. It wasn't really jousting. It was more of a like just try and beat each other with with nerf bats as we drove yeah. by. Yeah. But the operative word in that sentence is nerf. Yeah. Like, this is the equivalent of doing that with baseball. <laughs> you know, like this this just feels like a lot to me. Yeah. Um the next part, so Greg always carries around a crossbow. Mm-hmm. Um, which i like the yeah. crossbow comes up later <laughs> it's, it's, crossbow. Like, it's really good uh but he set up a decoy of the forest god that we saw in lost constellation uh, and you do a little bit of target practice um you know so the you'll make comments as you hit the forest god there's also like barrels uh there's like signs you can shoot nearby uh there are birds up on the branches but i didn't have the heart to shoot a bird mm-hmm. um so i didn't want to see if it took that dark turn so i just fired all my bolts into the into the forest god mm-hmm yeah. Um, and then this play date ends with a real, I mean, kind of heart wrenching scene a little bit. You go and you look at some weird birds and Greg opens up, you know, so most of the time he's a waving arm, kind of happy go lucky, um, uh, kind of hyperactive guy, but he's really insecure. You know, he's going out with Angus. He really, really loves Angus. Angus is a good guy. He's worried that he's not good enough. You know, he talks mm. about how he has real up, up days and real down, down days, um, and worries that, you know, if they leave, if they go, you know, will Angus move on because Greg is just parking lot trash is how he characterizes himself. Uh, later, I don't know if it, if it's a scene everyone gets, B thinks that's going to happen as well, Yeah, which I think is really tragic or like really not, it is tragic, but I think it's really great because yeah. like it probably will. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that is a, a more brave way for this to, to, shake out is that Greg is right. Yeah. You know, like that, I think like everything from their relationship that I saw in my playthrough leads me to believe that true love is not going to triumph with those guys. Like they're going to move. They talk about moving to the suburbs yeah, or moving to another town. And I think they're going to, and I think like, there's no way those guys stay together. And that's a theme, like, right? Because there's, you know, there's a scene with, with B where you kind of ask the question, would we be as close if we were not as physically yeah. close? Like, yeah. You know, like, are we just friends because this is just another version of being at the same lunch period? 
yeah, we're in gym class for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, for sure. Um, I just, I think that like, it would have been shitty for this to be like the ending of this to be like, no, like Greg and Angus will make it like Greg, you're actually a really good guy and, yeah. and stuff. And it's like, he's, he's fine. Like he's, but yeah, like Angus is the most put together of the four, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no way like, you know, I, I wouldn't date Greg. He gets in a knife <laughs> fights in the forest. <laughs> Like not a million years. You'd be like you'd be like marrying a cop, you know. You just worry yeah. these night they come home that day. The uh, you know, I I went I dated for a little while. Dated uh, someone who's bipolar. And I don't mean this to be like offensive to anybody who's bipolar, but it's a lot. Yeah. You know, like it's like, obviously I have sympathy for that as a thing, but it's not it's not fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not like the, the oh this is pretty this is fun because they're really unpredictable and like no nope that that's fun yeah. for a little bit and then then it's a thing to manage like any you know, mental health thing, yeah. you know, it's a thing to live with. It's a guest, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to, you have to deal with. And like the, uh, yeah. So there's the, I love that he's right. Like, I love that he has this doubt. He knows it, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I don't, I didn't do the Angus scene. There aren't very many Angus scenes, but it'd be interesting if Angus knows it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the B scene for this day is, uh, again, and like, like I had been, I feel like the game had taught me that Greg scenes were going to be inconsequential. Really, it was just that first day building a robot, which didn't do a lot for me. Yeah. So I uh, went with B again, and this is uh, you making dinner um, at her house. So you go to the grocery store where your dad is working. Um, you get to do a little mini game where you put together food. I don't know if you can pass or fail this. Like my food was not good, but I don't know if I like chose some. She made the wrong choices, and it could have been a success. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's always a failure or what, but. Essentially, what this is for is to get a glimpse at B's home life, right? Um, which is pretty good. Like you see her dad, and her dad is kind of like glued to the TV in a way that feels grosser than your dad, yeah, being glued to the TV. And you also get you get to see your dad at work and see him put on this brave face about being happy to to get meat for people and stuff, and just do a bunch of dad jokes, you know. And then later, like he quits that job, which I love. Yeah. Um, the uh, and essentially, you go into B's room after this like disastrous dinner. And you call her out on it. Um, and again, this is my talk about learning the same lesson with B three times. This is the second time this can happen mm-hmm. where you say essentially like, hey, you don't have to do this. Like you don't owe your dad shit. Uh, and she gets really mad and tells you off again. Yeah. Um, you're being awful. Like you're just being a monster. Like maybe, you know, you can make the the argument that May thinks this is supportive mm-hmm. to be like that. But like trying to be empowering, saying like, hey, like yeah. you feel you you feel like you're trapped, but it may just be you, you know, who is keeping you here. Right. I think that's maybe what they're going for, but it just comes off as a different kind of naivete. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) like you're going to like, just fine, like abandon your dad and go live with yourself for having done that. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, you know, essentially what you're saying. And the thing that makes it frustrating, that makes me feel like it's becomes over the top in the third scene a little bit is that like B is not uh, being quiet during it. No. Like B, you know, in that, that drive home scene, which like, Granted, like, May was drunk during that, but during this scene, like, she's being explicit about why this is awful. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of, like, oh, you really just expect me to do that, you know? But then she just starts saying, like, I can't. Like, he's my dad. Yeah. You know, like, she she's making the counter the only counter-argument that she needs to do. And anyone who could, like – I had the thought a couple times, like, how did May get into college? Mm-hmm. Like, not, not just get into college for classes, but how did she pass, like, an entrance exam and talk to people yeah. and stuff? Because there's sometimes she is so emotionally unintelligent – as to like beggar belief. Yeah. You know, like, oh, she went off and lived on her own and like you learn about it and it didn't go well. Like she didn't socially function very well, but she still had to be able to like talk to, to an uh, entrance person and an RA 
and talk to a, a advisor mm-hmm. and all of these things. I'm like how? Yeah. You know, like it just it just it feels like it is characterization, but it's extremely harsh characterization of her. Yeah. You know. Um, and this again, this this is that the beginning of that that culminates in that party scene. That as much as like I wish that we had done one of done Greg's day mm-hmm. that time. That party scene is so good though. So like yeah. we have to do it. Because it is it is a really interesting situation that rings really true. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But that's that's what you do for with Bees, Bees Day, and it ends with a huge fight, and you leave. Yeah. So. Is there is there also an element of that that is like, hey, you're making these assumptions about the way that I live because you only see me when I'm not having to be an adult. Um, like maybe a little bit. Yeah. You know, but but it's not it's not so much like you know like I could just go live like with you wherever. It's mostly just. I think that the main point is that May sees B's dad, mm-hmm. you know, and he's clearly like damaged and grumpy and kind of shitty. Yeah. And is reacting against that. Like, why would anybody live here and with this person? Right. You know, that's what you got. You got miracle parents. Yeah. Your home has trouble, but they're like incredibly supportive of you. Yeah. Uh, and in a way that like, again, like stretches credulity, like yeah. it, t- it takes until like this next day or whatever, uh, before anyone even says something like maybe you shouldn't have just thrown away all that money by dropping out of school. Yeah. You know? So anyway, that, so that's the, the end of day six, you move into day seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, keep in mind dreams, be, dreams between these days. Yes. Um, day seven. Um, and the, uh, so I didn't have this, this thing. Okay. This, uh, yeah. So if you go into the crawl space, um, make rumbles thinking like, Oh, dad must've clogged this up. There are boxes in the way. If you watch enough TV with your dad, he will clear it out for you. Um, and you can actually go in and if you've inspected the bookcase every day, you find a safe combination. There's a safe in the basement access through the crawl space. Um, and inside of it is a tooth. Um, and in a later scene where we're looking at stuff like, oh, it's weird. Why does grandpa have a tooth? You find out, oh, it's from a labor conflict. Mm. Um, like the, you know, like when, when the people at the mine were striking, um, May's grandpa, busted a tooth out of a manager, a bunch of teeth, um, and kept one as a souvenir. Mm. Uh, and you mentioned that, uh, that May's dad quits her job, um, at the end. And that was really satisfying. I think if you have the tooth, um, you talk him into unionizing. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I, de- I definitely didn't get that. And I was talking to my dad. I don't know what flag I met, missed. Yeah. You know, literally could have been, I, again, you know, I started talking to him one day too late and just didn't get to that point, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that did not happen for me. Yeah. Um, the more notable thing, um, I, I, I guess you got this as well. Um, here I went down and talked to May's mom. She's been a little bit stressed these past couple of days here though. You know, she's on her last, uh, on her last legs, um, and her mom reveals that, like, hey, uh, I hope you enjoy the house while we have it, uh, because, you know, uh, if you're not going to tell me why you left college, well, we just threw away a bunch of money and put ourselves into a lot of trouble, um, you know, basically planning for your entire life to send you away. And, you know, we're probably going to lose the house because of, you know, just our employment and money situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just super sad. Yeah. You know, and, and again, uh, May is not good during this. No, no. She is, you know, very provocative about this and drawing it out and again, trying to make it more about, more about herself. Um, and also being very reluctant to actually describe what is going on. She has not opened up. Yeah. And, and there's been a little bit hints of that mom has been like, are you, are you finally ready to talk about what happened in college? Yeah. You know? 
And, uh, yeah, and she doesn't. So, this, yeah, it's, it's a pretty brutal, like, pretty good-feeling fight. Like, it feels real. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, also a real turn. Like, there has not been that much conflict up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, well, I've had tons of conflict. I, I mean, conflict between her. Night. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, conflict <laughs> between May and her parents. That's what I mean. It's this cool thing I do. Like, it's, it's the story of a girl <laughs> who went home to, to continually badger somebody who has no reason to be friends with her anymore <laughs> uh, about her life choices. Yeah. So. The yeah. uh, essentially uh, a terrorist stalker who just uh, <laughs> just a real emotional parasite leverages the the fact that she's the only bass player in town to uh, <laughs> to, to emotionally abuse a tall crocodile. So. Um, you know, and then there's some stuff that that that, that gets lost. You know, when we're, when we're talking about uh, May's characterization, there you know there, there there there's an element of this that is about you know the existential dread and identity crisis of a failure in trying to return home, but home there's no slot for you left anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, like that, 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 that is a certain amount of, you know, kind of personal horror that may is going through. Like for, for sure. It's, it's ends up being very subtle just because may is oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the, it's the explicit reason she came back. Yeah. Like, and we, we find that out in text later, but it becomes kind of clear. Like she is trying to relive this stuff. So like, that is a very specific horror it just takes forever to like pick up on it like yeah. it is it is a very relatable horror when when you see that in other like it's just this is a very rarely uh have i seen a character who is this uh non-intuitive yeah you know like just again just not picking up on anything mm-hmm. for days and days and days you know yeah. like it is it is feels very unrealistic in yeah. a way and like yes she's losing sleep like yes she has this weird space god in her head like there's <laughs> reasons behind it but also just on the page it is you know, again, I keep saying like it's characterization, but it's very harsh characterization yeah. of her. Um, so you get into that fight. Uh, you head off to Bluff Steam. Uh, you run to Greg. You do a little mini game where he throws fluorescent lights at you and you hit them with a bat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I've done before, and that's fun. It's very fun. Um, yeah, uh, like fluorescent increase. lights are the best. Like I like they're they're horrible as light. Uh huh. Like they're so good as far as breaking. Yeah, you know? I mean it's, it's like one of those miracle chemistry substances that like sublimates from liquid into solid. No, this turns from solid into gas. Like yeah. this thing. Oh, instantly it is dust. That is good. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, yeah this, uh, this shit's great. Greg doesn't just throw those tubes at you. He also throws canned goods at you. Yeah, he sneaks like canned goods at you. They, <laughs> they have a running joke where like they talk about how they want the other person to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, that comes up, which is like kind of fun. Um, I could never hit the cans. Mm, no, like, they're too fast. Hands, like yeah, too fast. And like by the time I realized what I needed to watch for the game, it already ended. Yeah. So, um, but this is this is uh, Halloween. Yep. Right. It's the Harfest Parade. So you go home uh, up in your attic bedroom. You've had a, a poster on the wall uh, for a character named Witch Dagger. It's a witch mm-hmm. with a dagger through her hat. You dress up, um, and there's a funny little scene where B conscripts you into the Harfest pageant. Um, the, the Chamber of Commerce puts on this, uh, the, this little show that started out being historically educational, but they've added more and more spooky stuff to the point where there's no educational value at all, um, mm. about the founding of the town and the weird supernatural spooky stuff that happens. Um, you get to choose your lines. I don't think there's a wrong answer for this as everybody goes through the motions. Um, and it ends there, with being, there are wrong answers. Like there, there are things that people react to like more strongly. Okay. Like sometimes people go along with it. Sometimes everyone like, kind of goes uh, stops yeah 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 
<laughs> I love the way it ends though with B coming out and saying, support your spooky local businesses. Yeah, it's cute. Um, and th- this is something where like the fact that I keep, you know, this is a B fighting simulator, mm. um, ends up making a lot of sense because I, it made sense. Like I felt like I should do this because I was being guilt tripped. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit like, oh, like I keep being a monster to this person. Like I'll do this nice thing. I think, you know, you have to do it regardless, but it's a, it made a lot of sense for my version of May. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, um, you can do a couple little like weird little activities yeah. and just kind of little fun things, but you see, uh, someone get kidnapped. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, through there. Everybody's gone home. It's just kind of in the background in the fog. A hooded figure grabs a kid and then runs away, seemingly running straight through a chain link fence. Yep. May is freaked out, and the way she kind of rationalizes this is, oh, it must be a ghost. Yep. Uh, Bring in the kind of ghost narrative. This is where the the spookiness is and kind of where the, like, the pace of play picks up. Like, this is the beginning of the the story that is plotty, that's not character-y in this. And this is, again, what I was talking about earlier, like, this is where I really wanted to follow up on this and did not want to go and talk to everyone around town. Yeah. Like, I still did some of that, but I really just, like, thought, like, Man, there's a ghost at play. Yeah. Like, you can't <laughs> relax when there's a ghost. Like, I don't, you know, it's not the time to go look at the stars. There's a ghost. <laughs> you know, my character believes that I'm playing as May. May wouldn't go do, like, just check every, you know, cranny in town. Mm-hmm. This is when more of the town opens up as well because we're going into part three, right? This is where the place to the right of your house opens up. I didn't realize that until like the last day. Yeah, they, they fixed the pothole. So like right when the piece is there, they're like, let's slow things down a bit. Like right <laughs> after this ghost thing happens, you do another one of these fucking dreams. And I'm uh-huh. like, man, every time you get some legs, it's not time to like get lit off the gas, mm-hmm. you know? This is really, really like, man, what a slow-paced game. Yeah. Um. The uh, So – uh, this starts with part three, the long fall. Um, you wake up and you have a heart to heart with your mom that I think is really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just like, hey, you know, dad's had some things you want to talk about. Let's like, we'll, we'll talk. Like, yeah. let's talk later. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, meaningfully, you never see that scene. No. no. Um, I think that's actually really good. Like, you still think that it happened because the relationships seem repaired, mm-hmm. you know, in the future, but like, we don't actually get to see that scene. I think it's, it's pretty clever. Yeah. That that's well, like private. Notably, May has also not come clean about what happened to college either. Well, well, she said this is where she says she's going to. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, she says she's going to. I assume she did tell her parents. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point. Like, I, I assume she's not lying about having this thing. I think we just don't see it. Yeah. No. That's good. So. Yeah. Uh, so, this day is pretty much, it's, a, it's mostly plot. You go and talk to the group um, about the abduction at band practice. Like, they're unsure of, it, you know, whether or not it's a ghost. But they believe you that, hey, something messed up happened and they're willing to go along. Like, but This is where you, or go. sorry, I. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, this is where you play my least favorite song you play in the game, which is Pumpkin Skull Face or whatever the metal one is. Yeah, that one's... Pumpkin Face Guy, which I think is a bad song and is not fun to play because it's too fast for not 
No way. Yeah. Well, like way too, way too fast, uh, to play on. I mean, it's, it's a minor quibble, but, uh, touching, uh, hitting buttons that are configured in a diamond to, yes. um, correspond to something that is laid out in a line. Uh, that is fine when the song is a little bit more slower and melodic. Uh, with this, some of the transitions are really difficult and hard to get a hold yep. of. I imagine it's probably better and more fun on pc yeah yeah i thought so too but it's just like this is my least favorite song in the game Mm -hmm. the music has universally been really really good here i've got to point out where i think it's bad yeah it's this song (laughs) fuck pumpkin face guy yeah the animation's fun though i like it's it's cute like watching it like the characters turn into little pumpkin face skull (laughs) friends and stuff it's cute you know but it's just like I was also it was hard to pay attention to the cuteness because I was trying to play the fucking song. That's a, that's the problem. Yeah. Right? I wish yeah. there was like a like hold hold down the trigger to autoplay so you can pay attention yeah. to the lyrics and pay attention to the uh, to the animations Animation. and stuff. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Um, so B suggests, hey, let's go to the library. It's actually a really good library. Some you know some rich guy died and paid for it uh, to look at microfiche. Um, to mm-hmm. actually see like okay, let's test this ghost theory. See if there have been any uh, news stories. About this. Yep. Um, so you do a little microfiche minigame um, that gives you a lot of color for the town. Essentially, yeah. it's underlining stuff you already know. Yep. You know? Um, but you find the, the the supernatural elements. And this kind of sets up our structure for the next little bit where there are three clues, like three things to investigate. Right. Um, most of them relating to this figure in the town's past, Little Joe, uh, this mine worker who died under very mysterious circumstances. Um, and May thinks that the ghost is that of Little Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that this yep. is related to what's happening with her dreams, which are obviously supernatural. Yes. Yep. Um, if you've been doing uh, Selma's uh, quest here, at the end there is a meeting of the poetry club where you see two poets do kind of like bad poets poems, and then uh, Selma does this like poetry slam anti-capitalist like screed. Yeah. Thing. Basically saying like phone apps sold for more money than my family will make in generations. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually saying, I'm going to go and burn the Silicon City to the ground. There's a great line that says jobs that used to be house jobs that became apartment jobs that became living with your parent jobs. Yeah. yeah. Living with your family jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is good. And it's, it, at first I was a little, I mean, I was confused about it a little bit just because this was such a comic relief character, mm-hmm. you know, to have do this. It's, you know, it's, I think, I still think it's maybe a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Because, like, her, her, the, the, and I was trying to think about what's weird about it, right? Because, again, I was talking in the Slack, and they were saying, well, the, you know, the whole point is just this is a character who, uh, you think doesn't have depth and then does. Yeah. And it's like, but the, like, the posture or, like, the facial expression or anything never changes on the character. Mm -hmm. You know, during, like, either of the modes, like, there's something about the acting that makes it, does make it feel a little bit out of nowhere. Like, it's good content, you know, but she, like, the, 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 it felt a little weird to have the person, present the poems with the same posture, regardless of the content, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a major thing. This is not even really like a nitpick. It's just like when this happened, I was surprised and being like, that's kind of weird, mm-hmm. but it's good. So I'll, you know, the, the content is good. So I'll move on. Yeah. So Selma's a good character. Um, you know, if you, if you talk with her plenty, like, you know, you, you find out like, oh, we were a few years apart in school. Um, Selma has a history with addiction. Like she has gone from job to job, basically, um, until she ended up working at a pharmacy um, and got addicted, I think, to opiates um, and yeah. is kind of now on the straight and narrow path. So, like, she has had a rough row of it, like, a, like, a, like or sorry, a rough go of it. Um, and you, know, you get the idea that maybe when she is interacting directly with May, she modulates, you know, in a certain way. Whereas here with kind of poetry peers, she's able to actually, like, express how she feels. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, she, I mean, she tells May about her backdrop. Oh, her yeah. background. Yeah. Like, that's how you learn about it. So it doesn't feel like she's modulating when she's straight up like. Oh, she's modulating the yeah. poem. <laughs> you know, like, hey, let's have fun here. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the weird part, right? Like, yeah. is her talking about her background that includes, like, opioid addiction, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not pulling any punches. That's dark and serious. Yeah. And then doing a goofy poem and then it being her real self when she's here. Yeah. Like, is the talk, of, the talk of her background not her real self? I don't know. You know, like, that, that's the thing that I, I mean. Like, there's a way to do the idea you just described. I don't think this is it. Yeah. I think it would have been you learning about the opioid addiction stuff from other people. Mm-hmm. Every time you talk to her on the street, she just does the goofy poems because that's how she is to May. Yeah. And then you just find out from somebody else, oh, like, you've been talking to, you know, talking to Silmers. Like, oh, she had this, this, and this. You're like, oh, shit. She yeah. contains hidden depths. Then you go to the slam and you reveal the hidden depths. Yeah. Like, that would have had the structure of a reveal. Yeah. This doesn't have the structure of a reveal, which is the thing that I'm like realizing is not that makes it feel a little weird, hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's a minor thing. Right. And it's like, it's good. It's good. Like the, the actual content is good. So it's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not a big deal, but yeah, there's something weird about how it articulates. Yeah. I'd agree. There, there, there's a little bit of a mismatch there. No. You have to, you have to, um, you have to do your, a little bit of your own piecing together when you yeah. probably shouldn't have to. Yeah. In, in a way that like, Piecing the, like doing your own piecing together is good. Like that's something that you can expect the player to do, but mm-hmm. it is less good when there are contradictory pieces of information. Like mm-hmm. piecing together works the best when you have uh, things that if they're not supporting each other, at the very least are non-contradictory, mm-hmm. you know? And like you can make the argument that, uh, oh, like people act weird all the time, you know, but that's the same argument that the guy in my fiction class made where he's like, anything can happen in fiction. It's fiction. Yeah. You know, like it has to follow internally with a character. Like, oh yeah, and that's not the argument that I'm making. No, no, I know you're not. I'm just, I mean, I'm heading it off in yeah. my head. Like, mm-hmm. if the, like, yes, like maybe somebody just, like, maybe they're just in the mood mm-hmm. to 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 do goofy poems every day, every time that day. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's not that's not very satisfying from like a, a structural perspective. Yeah. The, um, especially something that is artificial, like you had to make it that way. Yeah, exactly. This is constructed. Like yeah. this is not, you know, this is this is real. This is. You know, it is important what is being shown to us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so the uh, – this after that, you go to another dream, go on to day nine. The uh, – I did not do this church thing because I did not – I stopped going to the church mm, Yeah, the, uh, here. So you can tell, talk to me about this if you like. It's just a short, sweet scene. Like you go and talk to your mom. Uh, she decides to blow off work, which is kind of out of character. Um, she wants to bond with you. She actually takes you up to the place where she used to play as a kid, um, mm-hmm. kind of up in the uh, – uh, like up in the heights um, you know, the mountains past all of these lime furnaces and things like that. Cause like, yeah, we used to come out here. Um, you know, these places, like these structures of sink when I was, since I was a kid, but she encourages you to climb up on, on top of a chimney and look out across the town and just, she asks you how you feel, you know, like, mm. and you kind of bond over the fact that like, yeah, it makes you feel both giant and small at the same time to see your entire, you know, your, your entire town laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real sweet. The um the the content of this is that you get to start doing the leads during these uh during these times. During um, these you can days, only yeah. choose or during these days. Um, you can only do two. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a real weird choice because uh, that means even if it is for replaying, you're going to end up replaying one of these. Yeah, it's a real the cave right? problem. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah the cave is exactly exactly that. So weird choice again that there's even mutually exclusive content. In this I think they should have just made it so you do all three. Yeah. Um, honestly. Um, so the first one that you have in the notes, I also did. Yeah. So let's which talk is about uh. V says, you know, I have reason to go to the graveyard. It's been a while since I visited my mom. Um, let's go to the graveyard. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, the first thing B goes and, you know, stops by her mom's grave. You give her some space, leave her alone and go, uh, poke around at some other headstones, uh, like brushing some leaves off of them. Uh, but eventually you break in to the deeper parts of the, um, of the graveyard. You have to pass by a, by a gate with some, some of those spooky goth teenagers who are speaking mm-hmm. in spooky voices, um, and like doing a whole <laughs> answer, <laughs> answer me these questions three. You yeah. Know, are you, you a virgin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, just a, a bunch of prurient questions. The last one is like, what's your most embarrassing moment? I don't know if you got the same story I did. May says, yeah, there was this real cute girl at college. Um, I was trying to work up the uh, guts to say hi to her. Eventually I just shouted, Hey, waved to her a couple of times, turned around, walked into a door jam, fell into a, fell, <laughs> fell into a garbage can, got some, got some trash spaghetti in my mouth, stood up, vomited right in front of her and she saw the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the same one I chose. I can't remember <laughs> what the other one is. I don't know. The, um, but yeah, the, the, it's a very cute little scene. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you break through a gate um, to go to the actual grave. Um, if you jump on that, it opens up another sinkhole. You get sunk into the ground, and this uh, allows you to open up the the grave of little Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reveal here, once you open it, is that you, you see your skeleton, um, but he's been shot in the head. Yeah. You know, he didn't die in a mining accident. Um, you see there's a cloaked figure kind of watching you, watching you with the ghost, you assume, uh, and you run away. Yeah. All, all three of them kind of end with a ghost and you're running away, I think. Yeah, you're being followed. Like, you're going yeah. to a place to find the ghost, but the ghost is explicitly, like, trailing you around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, that night, there is probably the only meaningful dream that you see outside of the drunken yeah. one. Um, you find a cat person, or a giant cat who talks. Uh, it's the only one of these Explicitly things. Explicitly not a cat person. Well, yeah. It is a big old cat, uh, not even a person. Uh, May thinks it's a god, but it's insist- it, it insists it's not a god, and it lays on some really heavy existential terror on you, basically talking about how, you know, how infinitesimal everything is, um, specifically the people who come to her, the people who come to this god and, you know, lay out their problems and ask for um, answers and solutions, uh, when in reality, there is a hole at the center of everything that is getting bigger and will swallow us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's good. Like I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't have it memorized or anything like that. But it's good. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's good dialogue. It's interesting, and it does feel meaningful. Right. Um, the next day, uh, day ten. Um, this is where Bruce. It looks like you had mentioned this earlier, but the council does not welcome into the church, and uh, Bruce leaves town. This is when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, you make a day trip again, like just kind of a, a or a, like a play date, mumblecore, play playdate um, with B. I don't actually know if there's a Greg alternative for this one. Um. Maybe, maybe not. But I went with B. Mm-hmm. And you go to a party in a college town about 90 minutes away. Right. Um, with this uh, kind of arty person that you uh, you get the sense that, like, you know, went to your school or that you knew. Yeah. Like, she she went to school with us. She was really intense. And the sense is that she went off to the big city, you know, to yep. kind of live this very, you know, capital S, capital P, serious person life. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, and this is really great. Like, it's just, you know, this feels very real to me. Like being at a weird party with people who are cooler than you are. Mm-hmm. With um, only one thing. person that you know who is with acting all, yes. very differently. Yes. Uh, this, this feels extremely real. Yeah. Um, you can go off. You can do dancing, which is just like a little scene. You can go and kind of hit on uh, a lady mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, nothing really comes of that. The climax of the scene is you coming back where uh, B is acting unlike herself to two college guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where like – May is just awful. Like, 
fucking awful. Like, yeah. not just awful to be, but awful to these strangers. Like, yeah. this is where, this is the point in which that relationship, like, got the point where I'm like, okay, like, this is a bit much. Yeah. You know, like, this is, this is, there's no reason for B to tolerate May at this point. Like, this is so fucking much. Yeah. You know, like, she, she just starts saying, like, you're, you know, we wouldn't hang out with you. You're just a bunch of fake rich, you know, pieces of shit. Like, you're college trash. Like, yeah. we wouldn't do that. Isn't that right, B? And I'm like, <laughs> Boy, like, you know, again, like, obviously read the room, which is what May doesn't do. Ever. But also listen to the last two really emotional conversations you've had with B. Yeah. Have, like, a, a drop of insight. Like, I've gotten into two nearly identical fights with B about this, almost the same issue. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and just, like, her refusal to learn from her experiences. Yeah. Like, just really started kind of pushing credulity for me. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, the, could, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I could feel it. I could see it being different if you didn't have the second date yeah. with the second fight with B. Like mm-hmm. if this was just the second time and there'd been a little bit of time before that. And the first time she was drunk, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe she doesn't remember, like then it kind of makes sense. But this yeah. for me, it was the third time and it just felt like a lot. The specific violence that is happening here. So B, um, you know, she eventually she reveals she comes here to these parties to feel normal. She comes here to, you know, hang out with people her own age and pretend that she went to college. You know, which is what yep. she desperately wanted. She would kill to be, you know, to have what May threw away. Right? We already talked about that. May comes in and does the whole like, oh, we don't, we don't hang around with with, with shitty college rich guys. But also performative like, authenticity. Yeah, exactly. Saying like, you know what? You, you don't know what it's like down in the streets. We own Possum Springs. You know, like B here, she runs the hardware store, completely blowing up B's spot. Like maybe B shouldn't be lying about who she is, but. That May is obviously more in the wrong, saying like, okay, well, yeah, like actually she works at this hardware store in this shitty little town, doesn't go to school at all, has no prospects, et cetera. Things that B is incredibly self-conscious about and May would know if she ever listened to B. Yeah. You know, and, and you can make the argument that like she's trying to like, oh, you know, in the last fight, B said like, I, I have to work here. Right. B's never said like she's into it though. Right. Like, she's never presented it like, yes, it sucks when May has been said, like, oh, you don't need to do this. It's shitty that you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to do it. But B has never been like, no, no, I'm proud of my work here. It's awesome. Right. Like, this is what I want. Like, she is so not just clearly depressed just from posture and stuff. She's just said the words. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, been text. She, she has she has communicated clearly how yeah. she feels, like her exact relationship with her situation and the work that she does. Yeah, it, it's it's just not subtext anymore, and just for May to miss it three times in a row is just very frustrating. Yeah. Um. So B and this the second part of this that's frustrating. The other half of it is that B runs off. Um. The person who threw the party, I can't remember her name, says like, "You go find her. I'll look. Go this way. You go that way. Mm-hmm. You do like a long platforming section, and you find B. B kind of tells you off, but it ends with uh this like little bit about friendship that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. where like maybe we are friends because of proximity. Like maybe we shouldn't actually be friends. We just happened to grow up in the same town and that happened. Uh, that's good. That's like yeah. a real thing. But then be like is really soft. It's like, thank you for coming after me. Yeah. You know, thanks for thanks for coming to get me. And I'm like, you should be way madder about this. Yeah. Like this keeps happening. Like, how are you not, you know, how are you not more mad about this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then ultimately, because I'd spent so much time with B, like B ended up being a big part of my ending. Yeah. Um, and then just their kind of their friendship. And it's like. Again, it's like 90% of the way there. The individual dialogue bits and parts of it just sing. Yeah. And then parts of it just feel like a little bit false to me. It feels like a victim of the structure. Yeah. that's a, that, If I had to guess, that's what happened. Yeah. You know, that, that's why this happens. You weren't, you know, it's not meant to be like a B or a Greg playthrough. Yeah. 
you know, and I just favored one. And it's weird that I favored the other one, not because I thought B was more interesting. I do think B is interesting, but just because I felt guilty most of the time. Yeah. You know, so I chose that. Yeah. B, so. B, B's relationship with May has a higher emotional valence. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, um, but that, that's kind of how that ends. And that, that's the climax of that friendship. Yeah. You know, like it, it's like they are friends now and they realize like it doesn't really matter if it's because of proximity, like it's still just there. And that's the lesson that May is going to ultimately learn. Yeah. And all this. This takes us to day 11, which begins menacingly with Aunt Molly uh, revealing something about the arm. Like, hey, we did some tests. It was removed after death. Mm. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, remember that arm from 10 days ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Remember that arm hours? from seven hours ago? Yeah. Yeah. The um, And this is the second one. We went on different uh, different dates here. I went with Greg. You went with Angus. So tell me what happens with Angus. Yeah. So with Angus, um, there was a lead about something going on at the state park, uh, specifically uh, a part that overlooks um, uh, the entire valley on the other side of town. Uh, so you, I chose this because I wanted to spend time uh, with Angus, get to learn a little bit more about him. Um, and you hike up. It's revealed that Angus has asthma, um, but you know you just have to move a little bit slower. You spend time talking with him, uh, setting out these constellations, um, and saying like, Hey, just make up stories about these as I trace them. So you connect the stars, uh, in this little mini game thing. That's interesting. Cause that's what you do during the longest night as well, from my oh. understanding. Oh, weird. Huh? So, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you're talking about this and Angus doesn't so much talk about his relationship with Greg outside of saying like, yeah, we're, we're great. You know, we're happy together. Angus more talks about, uh, you know, opens up about his troubled childhood, um, and kind of his, existential stance a little bit so like his mom starved him and locked him in closets his dad eventually abandoned them and that taught angus a real lesson that like no matter how much i screamed and pleaded and yelled nobody would come get me you know from that i knew there was no god um who would help me because if if there was they would have come at that one moment and that has mm. taught Angus to kind of understand that if there is nobody watching, um, if there is no um, kind of greater force, then really what you have to do is cling as much as you can and try and help each other. So that is what is like informed Angus's, you know, both skepticism, but also his, you know, reliance and reliability. Right. Mm. You know, yeah, that, is... that makes a lot of sense because, like, that's ultimately what May learns, right? Right. Like, it, it, it makes sense that the, the most adjusted, from like, clearly the most adjusted of the quartet mm -hmm. is already at the end of the game as far as <laughs> learning the lessons. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, like, he, like he is the most kind of stable. Like, yeah, he's a bad worker, but fuck, <laughs> fuck working for mm -hmm. video of those two or whatever, right? Um yeah, and he just reveals this stuff about himself. But as you're talking, the hooded figure shows up, and eventually we run, and he's sucking on his inhaler uh, as you get away. Mm. Um, what happens with Greg? Uh, Greg, you go into the um, the. So I was I'm very surprised you didn't do this one because the historical society. I know, right? I just and I was like, how did how does how does Cole not into a historical society in these games after everything he's been taught? You but know? there might be plaques. Come on, yeah. Well, not just that, but Silent Hill. Like, yeah, no, I know. You know, in, in a horror game, like mm -hmm. there's, it has both of your loves, like Silent yeah. Hill and plaques. Um, the um, so you you go in with Greg, you crash the bike on the way there, and make your way in, and it's this is the uh, the part. This is genuinely a little bit tense. Mm -hmm. um, there's like something you, you're trying to hold a flashlight while he picks a lock to get in. Oh, wow. And, 
you hear noises and you shine the flashlight back into the forest each time for him um, until it turns out to be an owl that comes and like mauls his head. I think this is actually the, the funniest scene. It's kind of spooky, but I think this is also the best like funny dialogue to me as well. Okay. Like the two of them together are real good. There's a whole part where like whenever one of them wants to question what they're doing, which is real extra, you know, there's like, well, crimes. And the other one's like, crimes. You know, right. nods, crimes. You know, like we, we gotta do it. It's crimes, yeah. you know? And it's, it's a, uh, it's real cute. Uh, so you break into the basement and you kind of go through this weird, you go through the historical site. It has this uncommon number of elevators um, and kind of explore it, checking out different rooms in it, essentially trying to find uh, uh, information, you know, about, about this thing. Um, there's, boy, there's some kind of piece, you get a tiny piece of information, but mostly at some point you start getting chased. Mm. Um, so some, like there's a night, night watchman or the ghost or whatever is there. And uh, it's coming up the elevator as you're trying to pick locks. Or as uh, as Greg's trying to pick locks, you mm. know, for you to continue to move on. There's an animatronic statue that like jerks to life. Uh, at some point, like when you're you're checking out the map. This sounds the great. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Like yeah. it, it's and there's lots of like for historical society. There's lots of like exhibits you can't look at. Mm-hmm. There's actually fewer plaques than than maybe you might want. Um, but it's fun. Like it, it's fun and good, and it's really good Greg May content. Nice. Um, at the very end, like you know, you break out of a window to escape because the the figures come with the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to run down this fire escape and they do a real good, like the only kind of like eh, jump scare, but like startle yeah. in the game is as you're running by uh, one of the windows, it lights up and there's the silhouette of the ghost. Oh shit. Like right when you're like overlapping with it. So it's, mm-hmm. it seems like it's on top of you. It's super good. Hmm. Um, and then, and then you head back. Nice. So it's good. It's really charming. Um, yeah. And a really good, like there's not a lot of character growth in it. It's mostly just Greg and, and may having fun. And I think that like, <laughs> Greg you and know, May are regressing those, together. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that <laughs> Greg not, you know, when I think about him with Angus, him not advancing or having character growth makes a lot of sense for me because mm-hmm. he he's worse. Yeah. You know, he he kind of like it is much more tragic to have a character who is right about themselves being trash than to have a character that's wrong about it. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, regardless of which one of these you did, you gather back. Um, at band practice and you confer or at the apartment rather, and you confirm that everything is centered around the mines. Um, so that is where you need to go. And this yep. is where, uh, things kind of are put on a track. No more real wandering sections until the, yeah, this end. is, this is the climax. Yeah. Kind of like, like a long, you know, uh, yeah, like kind of a long coda. Yeah. So long ending. So when as you're hanging through the woods, um, you go through the woods, you chit chat, and stuff until eventually you uh, look down and you see like, actually, this is all real. Like there's actually a point before this where it feels very much like they're zigging towards it being psychosis. Yes. You know, um, and ultimately the friends decide I, like, again, you know, as much as I'm, I'm very sick of the power of friendship as a theme, like I do like that uh, the friendships decide to believe you, they make that leap of faith and then it's justified. Yes. You know? Um, so you look down in this ravine or outside the mine, like this kind of like valley outside the mine, and you see all these hooded people, and they're getting ready to uh, execute this guy yeah. who left an arm behind, this cultist, these rogue people. Mm-hmm. And they're using names, which seems very dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there's a little like this and this. There's some like some jokey jokes mm-hmm. with the cultists, which feel a little bit weird to me. Like, yeah. it is spooky, but they also are having some fun. Well, like the spooky um, part of this is like, oh, there's not one ghost figure. There's a yeah. bunch of them, you know? Yeah. You know, and well, and it's just the, the fact that at this point, you know, they're not ghosts. It's a cult. Yeah. You know, and that, again, that's where the hot fuzz kind of comes <laughs> through. When we get to their motivation, it's very hot fuzz. Yes. Um, the uh, so, you, so you're watching this. Eventually, somebody drops something or, or 
steps on a, a stick or something, so they hear you. They chase you through the woods. You do a chase sequence, mm-hmm. um, one of the few action sequences, until eventually May gets shot. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that takes us into part four, the end of everything. Yep. So um, uh, this continues day 11. There's a little bit of a time skip in this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, instead of seeing the actual aftermath of the chase and the shooting, uh, you are controlling B or I was controlling B um, at Angus and Greg's apartment. And like they're talking and just kind of she's pacing and checking stuff compulsively, uh, talking about how worrying it is that they haven't heard from May's parents. Um, yeah. Angus is over in the kitchen, like cooking stuff. Um, and this adds a little bit of like the, like <laughs> if you didn't know his past, this might be played for comedy, like the whole, uh, ab- the, the onion thing after nine 11, like a uh, woman bakes a cake <laughs> because she mm-hmm. feels like it's the only thing she, she can do about this. Well, no, Angus is saying like, Hey, everybody needs to eat. I'm going to go over here and cook stuff specifically because he had food scarcity as a kid because of his mm. abuse. He's also a big guy. Well, yeah. yeah. Which kind of makes sense for that, too. I'm not saying that's why he would eat. I'm saying mm-hmm. food scarcity, like, that can can encourage pathologizing or doing weird things with eating. Yeah, the weird relationship yep. with food. Yeah. Yep. And that can be tons of things, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, oh, that, that I explained fat people. You know, like, I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, that, like, that can be, that actually could be part of his character as well. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are yeah. you saying uh, f- food and eating disorders are a complicated problem with many causes? Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. It's, it's, or, or, let me present the counter argument. Maybe people are just lazy and dumb and worthless. Okay. So it's either or depending on who you ask on Twitter. Okay. Some some <laughs> people think that that it's actually very complicated and our bodies are extremely complicated. Yeah. Uh, you know, body chemistry is complicated and our relationship with food has a thousand different factors. We grew up, <laughs> we grew up as we're bombarded by, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of advertisements, uh, not counting just print ads and things like that. Um, or that food scientists actually design food to be compulsive mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's unhealthy. Or... So that's one side of the argument. Mm-hmm. The other one, though, is just uh, some people are dumber and worse. Yeah. And deserve less, honestly. Yeah, okay. So there, there's two there's two sides to it. You know, you can choose which side you want to be on. Yeah. Um. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll take the one where I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> quite, quite, quite honestly, the truth <laughs> is somewhere in the mood. <laughs> um, the uh, bang, shoot, self, sound effect, bully death. Um, the... So you're doing this thing with B and it's doing this time skip. Like you're just kind of wandering around. Um, you know, germ is there, which was very weird for me because I barely talked to germ. <laughs> like he was um, introduced at one of the band practices. He was just yep. hanging around. I didn't like him. Germ. real to me. Like that, yeah. that felt very like, oh, it's this guy. Yeah, just you hang know? on. You, you know, germ, <laughs> our good friend germ. Apparently there's tons to germ, like, which again, I just didn't see. Yeah. Um, this re- rewinds to May after being shot, wandering, holding her stomach mm-hmm. uh, through the, through the woods. Um, eventually she ends up at the church. This is the scene where they have, um, her parents are around her talking, mm-hmm. uh, there and stuff. And they think she's going to be in kind of a coma. The janitor shows up at this point. Yeah. I'm here. And this is where I wanted to talk about like that misunderstanding where like, I felt like this was implying he was the cult, like a cultist mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I was like, pretty weird that he just shows up. Is he checking on his work? Like, is he making sure she doesn't tell? Yeah. You know, like, what is this? Everyone's very paranoid. It's a very high stakes scene. I still, that still doesn't sound wrong to me, but apparently the popular community read is that he's a green mile. Yeah. So uh, the, 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 that, that kind of seems to be the only conclusion. I, uh, it's, it's not great. I, I yeah. wish that there wasn't a magical janitor. I wish there weren't any of them. Like I don't, I don't like the character, the wise character who comes in, who's a stand in for God, mm-hmm. uh, more or less in a thing. And it's it, explicitly in this game, having a benevolent supernatural force feels very wrong to me. Yeah. 
Um, the, uh, so this moves us on to, you know, eventually you're in the church, then the hospital, and then you're in, uh, in your bed and you get to wake up yes. like in your bed. I, I like that. We haven't remarked about that, but every morning you can hear every time we say every morning, I get that just the beginning of that sugar Ray song. Sure. Yeah. But every, every morning you hear a little song as you're laying in bed and you have to press a button to wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know, little, little, little touch that is nice. There's um, little skips in the animation in those two that are fun. Same mm-hmm. thing when you're going to sleep. Yeah. Like you, you sit on the bed and then it shows you kicking off a shoe and then shows you like laying down. Yeah. Key poses, yep. man. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the person that they heard at the door is May. Like she has gotten up out of her bed and injured, wandered across town to help finish this. Mm-hmm. And you get to play as her as kind of a mess. It feels like it's Metal Gear Solid 4 style stuff mm-hmm. for the while of her moving really slow and being really hurt. Yeah. Um, again, like, you know, you can make the argument like that's why the platforming is important in the first part. And I would just say, like, you, you bought something cheap with something expensive. Like, yeah. it's cool that, you know, it, there is a contrast with not being able to jump. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the first time I hit that jump button and couldn't jump, like that's worthwhile. I didn't need quite so many hours of jumping to yeah. get that. though. Yeah. Um, but you can't keep food down. Uh, you're very sad. Eventually you talk to B. Um, and this might be the thing where it depends on who you talk to. Is this the, the ending? Do you always talk to B here? Or is it because we both favored B? <sighs> I have no way of knowing. Like the epilogue, the person that you talk to at the end, I believe changes. That's, um, the, that's the actual ending? Yeah. For it? The, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm not totally sure, but you end up opening up to B and you talk about how you've had these kind of dissociative episodes. Right. You know, saying like, hey, you remember... The reason why people around town call me killer, we haven't really alluded to that, but like, you know, we talked about these incidents in, in May's past. The reason people call me killer is because I beat the shit out of a kid at a softball game with a baseball bat. Yeah. The reason that happened is, you know, was, I think it was like shortly after her, after her grandpa died, she was playing video games, um, to kind of soothe herself thing that happens. Uh, and she played for so long that eventually everything on the screen just became shapes. You know, yeah. hours and hours and hours of this JRPG, the shapes lost their meaning. And eventually the dissociation extended into real life where she realized that the buildings, the people were all just shapes. My teacher was just a collection of shapes. And that break, you know, again, the strong themes of existentialism, if all of this is just matter, um, then what, what, you know, what's the deal? So that led her to have this violent outburst. And the reason she, the reason she had to come home from college is because this was recurring when she was there going away from yeah. home exacerbated it. Yeah. Explicitly there was a, uh, a statue Yeah, there. That's the statue that you beat to death at the baseball at in the first, uh, first time, you know, the shapes thing. So one, like two things about the shape thing is one, um, it's very breakfast of champions. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the antagonist of that, that book. Uh, but two, like it's so insanely clever with this art style yeah. that is just shapes. Yep. Like this, these are cutouts, you know, this looks like we talked about Scott's art before. It looks like construction paper shapes laid on top of each other. Like it's very clever to have her kind of see this thing that she thinks is the true nature of the world actually be reflected in the art style. Yeah. Like it's super clever. Yeah. Uh, and, and this whole monologue is really good. It's fantastic. Like the, yeah, this is really, really affecting and good. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it, um, it's, it especially resonates if you went with Angus because, like, the lesson that she has to learn is, like, if nothing matters, then that isn't an excuse to sink into violence. That is an excuse to impose your own meaning on it. Well, explicitly, like, even if without Angus, when she has the con- confrontation with the Cthuloid god mm-hmm. – uh, and so the game's going to pick up pace. Um, when she, when she's talking to the, to the Lovecraftian God here in a moment, she says as much as well. Yeah. 
you know, like that is the lesson though. You know, mm-hmm. that is the, that is the thing is it's like, it's not, it's shapes until you make it not shapes. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's up to you to do that. And she just lost the ability to do that. Right. Um, you well, know, which is really understandable and kind of good. Like I've been real hard on her. She is kind of a monster. She's still sympathetic. Yeah. You know, it's just, she's a shitty friend and it's hard to watch someone be a shitty friend for 10 hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But I mean, like when, you know, so earlier when she was looking in the mirror, trying to psych herself up before that party, she was real hung up on, you know, like, like that's how hermits are made, you know, just like talking about mm-hmm. her inclinations and decisions. Well, when she was at college, you know, and her, and, and you know, and, and her mental condition started revealing itself as happens. Like that's when I, that's when my depression first started to hit. Like I had a lot of, I saw a lot of myself in this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, this is where I got a lot really emotionally involved. Um, you know, but when she was away at college, like she had to retreat closer and closer into home, right? Like she didn't leave because if she left, if she went out, she saw things as shapes. Um, and you know, and eventually that's what led her to do, you know, to, to break apart that statue. So like that caused her to turn inward. Um, yeah. And, and what caused her to go home? Yeah. Like she's turning inward in, in general. Yeah. Like, you know, I got to go back to when things weren't shapes and also in the hometown, things will feel better. Yes. You know? And you do get the sense that they, they do like during the, the parts where up until like things get real and ghosts are about, like she does seem like relatively happy. Yeah. Like hanging out with her friends, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, somebody even asked, like, I think the pastor or somebody says like, Hey, are you lonely? Like, no, I've, I've got friends. I spend a lot of time with them. Like it's a good, mm-hmm. you know, a good positive development for her. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's, but also this is happening. This, this dissociativeness is not just a normal depression, right? No, like no. it's heavily implied. This is the, the, uh, the God, the Lovecraftian God thing, sticking this in her head. Yeah. You, you know? used her grandfather's passing as a, as an opportunity to wedge itself in. Yep. Uh, so, uh, everyone decides, you know, like we're going to make our, our last stand. you know, she says like, essentially I know wherever this is, it's gotta be inside the mine. We have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go into the mine, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is this, this mine sequence. It's kind of fun. Uh, you know, there's some fun kind of dialogue, but it's also very like, um, very stand by me, very like, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it yeah. kind of feeling like this group of young friends going into this dark, scary place. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, like you go down and you find the, uh, the cult and you just talk to them. Yeah. Like it's not a, it's not a confrontation or anything like that. It's just, it's a talk. Yeah. But like, like you, you, they don't want to yeah. kill you. Like the, like things escalated because somebody lost control earlier. Yeah. And earlier, I forgot about this. You shot somebody earlier, like somebody you run into one of the cultists. They threaten you, and, and Greg shoots him, which is a real fuck yeah moment <laughs> with that Chekhov's crossbow. But then later, you know, you show up there, and like they have guns. Um, there's tons of them. There's only a few of you. You only have a crossbow, and they you decide to have it out. And this lays out the the hot fuzzing. Yes, of this, who these people are. Yeah. So you are arguing across this hole at the center of everything. This hole that was revealed when they mined deeper and deeper. You know, desperation style. And a voice whispers up and, you know, somebody eventually fell into the control and they threw some, they threw somebody down into the hole. And after that happened, the town got better. Yeah. Like, you know, flowers bloomed on the hillside. Things seemed to be fine. Yes. Uh, so the, the essentially like the, the, this takes place over a, a long, many sentences, but the, the gist of it is, is this is like a secret society of people who want economic prosperity for the town and think that by sacrificing things to gods, the gods in this hole, that's how they're going to get it. Yeah. You know, and they, they explicitly, they make a lot of like very 2018 touchstones, like, Hey, the coal job, you know, the mining jobs are going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very, it's very of the now. Um, and 
what's really interesting though is the very first time that they do it, you talk about it, the town gets better. Mm-hmm. After that, like we've seen the town, mm-hmm. the town's not better. No. <laughs> after that, everything becomes framed in terms of punishment. Yep. Like after that initial time, which was guaranteed to be a coincidence, <laughs> it just says when we don't feed him for a while, you remember that flood? That was yep. because he was hungry. And it becomes this very like abused person situation mm-hmm. you know, well, with this you god know, who like can't care and doesn't care obviously this is a fiction yeah you know um <laughs> it, it is a fiction we are the- we are making things worse in service of something that never actually worked and was only ever deleterious yes and the way they're making it worse is very again very 2018 explicitly they're saying like you know they talk about like hey the jobs are leaving and all the kids are leaving mm-hmm. you know like that's that's how a town dies the people who are not going to contribute to that or make that better have to go like the yeah. derelicts you know, the, 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 you know, the wasteoids like essentially have to go, yeah. uh, people who you could very easily describe May's friends as these people, right? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like it, it's only by the grace of God that Greg didn't go, that Casey went instead of Greg, Yeah. you know, the, 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 the fun knife fight kid also <laughs> probably could have went. Yeah. Well, and they, and they make a case. They say, we're not getting rid of anybody. Anybody would ever miss, you know, yeah. we just, we, we, we pick, we, we pick people who are vulnerable. We pick the young, we pick the detached, you know, again, just going after the people who are, who are vulnerable. They say we we did Casey a favor by throwing him into that hole. First off, they don't they, they don't consider it killing. They consider it you know uh, an act of mercy, right? They say like you know what happened to Casey's brother? He, he, you know his meth lab exploded. They had to put on hazmat suits as they cleaned up. So yeah, <laughs> the the, the way that they, that? the way that they tried to solve that problem was I don't know making it so he didn't have to cook meth. They decided to throw one of them down a hole. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 And it's so this is where like the beginning of you you reach the point like the sweet spot mm-hmm. of the metaphor right around here. Yes, this is the sweet spot mm-hmm. um, where it's like oh, okay this uh, this group of the old guard these essentially baby boomers are doing these things that hurt the young and the disadvantaged and the mentally ill and people who do drugs and things like that like those are the people they're hurting in hope of making America great again in a way that is a fiction and will never happen. Yeah. Trying to go we're there, <laughs> trying to go back to a past that never was. Right. Yes. We're there. Yes. We're, we're at the point we're, we're there. And they are, they are explicitly trying to recruit this new generation saying like, Hey, we need, you know, we need people to carry the flame. Right. Yes. You like just join us, continue, you know, continue this. We can, we can keep this town together. We can make it like it. We can make it like it always was without this. The town will wither and die. Yes. Um, this is really good. There's some talk about this, like in the post game, that is the too farness of the metaphor. Yes, that's, like, that like sums it up and wraps a bow on it. Put yeah, to put a gigantic glowing sign on it. Like this is where I was like, yes, like this is good. Like I knew this was going to be where they're going mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form because yeah. it would be weird if the supernatural element didn't tie into the metaphor for the rest of the game at all. Right. Um, I think this is actually really successful. Yeah. But again, we're at the crest of the wave. Yes. And then later, I think it goes too far. This is real good though. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point. Uh, May uh, hallucinates falling into the pit. Yes. Um, and this is another really good monologue in short succession. It is so Pretty, good. Yeah, um, this is super good. You know, so we see her, it's like cutting through a bunch of different like poses of her following or not following, falling um, as she, you know, kind of talks through her own, her own epiphany about just kind of like her relationship with the truth that the God wants to try to pretend to be representing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just essentially saying, you know, the, the, this, this God, you know, is kind of talking, talking to her and she's saying kind of comes to the, again, to the, the Angus way of life, right? Like has this realization, like says, you know, yep, all that stuff is true. This is extremely bad. 
all this stuff is going to be taken away from me. When it does happen, though, I want it to hurt. Yes. You know, and that's that's a way of saying, like, I want to hold on to it. Like, it's not going to hurt if you don't hold on to it. Um, I want to hold on to it. Yeah. You know, sure. like, <laughs> value your friends, hold on to the things that you care about and you love, like, try. Yeah. You know, it ends up being, like, a weirdly optimistic, like, a very optimistic message. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and also it talks about, like, oh, you know, when I sent that kid to the hospital, and you know, ever since then I've been trying so hard not to be angry. But along with wanting this to hurt, I want my anger to matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can't keep pressing this down. You know, like, it's explicitly, she's explicitly told to repress it. But like this can be this can be a force for good, you know, if it is not turned into this dissociative, you know, kind of delusion, right? Yes, yeah. Like she's, you know, she she's essentially been like, oh, it's it's not polite to yell at senators, <laughs> and now she's saying, no, yeah, fuck those people. Like you know, be angry, but just don't be don't be angry at innocent baseball kid. Mm-hmm. You know, be angry at the people. You know, have the anger for the things that actually are hurting you because you know what they are. Yeah. You know, and and and. You know, the, these forces, you should be angry at them. Yeah. You know, they're extremely bad. It's a really, really great monologue. Yeah. Um, and again, and this is the thing that makes her a character that is not hopeless. Right. You know, like this is this this new leaf that she's turning over, you know, in, in Night of the Woods 2, uh, <laughs> Simon, you know, Simon's Revenge or whatever. Like the uh, this is this is what makes her kind of redeemable. Yeah. Like this is the pivot point, I guess. Also very neat is the fact that as she is saying this and kind of floating around in this black void, you know, she's talking mostly to herself. The being, you know, that's at the center of mm-hmm. this whole, at the center of everything is speaking to her. However, it is only speaking in scribbles. Whereas before yeah. it had spoken in coherent English, as she gets next to it, it is revealed to be something else, something other, something incoherent. Yeah. It's, it's the idiot God at the, the it's Azathoth. Yes. You know, it's the idiot God at the center of the, the universe. That demands only to be fed. Yeah, big hungry chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, that's a hallucination that didn't actually happen. You're actually running. Um, you run. Uh, you end up actually like collapsing the mine behind you. Like one of the cultists chases you. It's kind of weird. You guys had an agreement, and then one of them chases you. Greg shoots him. That collapses the mine. This feels very convenient to me. Yeah, in a way that I don't particularly care for. It's also like, pretty fucking brutal because like one of them grabs May, um, and they 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 trip the elevator. I think the elevator uh, cuts oh, yeah. one of them in half as it brings the mine down. I think it cuts off his arm, and I think yeah. it's the same one that got shot by Greg before. Oh, nice. Who did that? So I think they go, so I, that would be the one who was angling for revenge when they were all talking downstairs. Mm, yeah. So essentially, this collapses the mine, and the the implication is they can't get out. At this point, they talk about whether that's good or not or anything. I don't know that that's going to be the case. Like, one, I'm pretty sure her aunt was a cult member, yeah. and we see her aunt after this. Two, um, it feels way too neat to just get rid of all the people doing this to the town. Yeah. And they would notice mm-hmm. if, you know, 15 people just went missing. Like, that would be a thing. Yeah. You, I assume there's other ways out. You talk to the end. She says, yeah, I've gotten we've gotten a lot of weird calls this morning. Yeah. So, like, enough of them have gone missing. Like, enough of them died down there. Like, when you walk by the bar, like, those two guys who are like, go smelters, one of them's gone. Yeah. So he was obviously one of the cultists. So it's possible, like, they actually got out. But I was pretty sure, like, some of the people – so if there's nobody you interacted with in town – I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess you talked to the smelter guy. Mm -hmm. But I I really like the aunt being it because the aunt is kind of weird and shitty for no real good reason, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the game. Very menacing. Um, And is also a police officer. Yeah. Like who's going, you know, who's going to have this vested interest in maintaining the status quo and trying to, you know, that's a blue collar job, like trying to get that kind of thing back. Yeah. You know, it just, I, something about it, it feels very neat. Yeah. If they just defeated the cult, uh, just essentially through coincidence because a piece of equipment broke. Yeah. 
you know, that's too much. Yeah, I mean, I so I, I assume that, you know, I don't, in my head canon, they mm-hmm. don't get out. Yeah. Or they do get out, rather. Some, mm-hmm. or at least some of them get out. Yeah. Or not all so, of them are down there. But, yeah. yeah. That's also, also the case. Yeah. Could be the case. So, um, so yeah, eventually they, you know, May climbs up a well and they find out that they're on, uh, Germ's property. <laughs> and so Germ gets in and gets a rope for them, Germ to the rescue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're walking, you know, through the woods, get back to town, they kind of talk about like, Hey, we just kind of killed a dozen dudes. And most of them are trying to justify it saying like, Hey, if they gave us a choice, we wouldn't have done it. Angus, he goes pro ice and he says, no, nah, I would have done it. I don't believe in hell and I want them to go straight there. Yep. He's an anti super soldier. <laughs> um, so when you get home, you on IM, your friends are not there. So you leave a message for them. Mm-hmm. You kind of tell them how much you need them and how, how much they mean to you. Um, and then we get into an epilogue, which like felt like I was in an epilogue a little bit mm-hmm. with that, the thing, but now with epilogue two, um, where you can go around town and say goodbye to everybody if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of wrap some of those things up. Um, I didn't have this thing where my dad decided to unionize. My dad quit. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, so, because, I think it's because I had the, um, because I had the tooth. Uh, this is the part where I cried. Um, you know, she's talking about it and he says, yeah, everybody talks about unionizing, um, everybody, you know, but like nobody really does it. Um, and you, you, you give them the, you give them the tooth and say like, Hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you realized what happened or, you know, like what's in, what's in our history, but like, <laughs> you're not the first one to think that you should have been able to support a family on a full-time job. Here's the tooth. You know, when, if, if the bosses gave you shit, show them this. And he says, no, I'll mm. just keep it for good luck. And you know, your dad says, Hey, if you, uh, you know, if, if I pick it, will you, will you help? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting kind of choked up. Sorry. Um, and you know, may stops for a second. Like you know, when he asks the question says, I will breathe fire dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a, that's a, that's a great, like, it's still hopeful when he quits, mm-hmm. but that's a better ending for him. Yeah. For sure. The, um, don't hide your light under a bushel. Yeah. Fucking Scott Benson. You know, that, that's <laughs> so good. Like why, if, if you go and talk to your dad, you know, one time too late, you don't get enough dad talk counter to go to the attic. Yeah. Like yeah. I talked, I felt like I talked to my dad every time I could. Yeah. You know, I don't know which one I missed, but like he's right there when you come in, mm-hmm. he's on the critical path. So I'm not skipping him. Yeah. And you can't miss him. So I have no idea what happened, why I didn't get that. So yeah. frustrating. Um, that, that's good, though. As you head through town, you head back to check out with your friends. Uh, Possibilities has been replaced by a, a taco place, and everyone's real happy about it. Mm-hmm. It's obviously very symbolic. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, there's this. Uh, and then before band practice, the, the thing ends, or it's about to end. It ends with you getting pizza and doing band practice and, and wanting that to be normal. But this is where uh, B turns to the camera and says, the slow people <laughs> playing along. Yeah. Uh, the old people are sacrificing the young and poor to return some past that never was just like, just classic, just like the olds yeah. and then turns back to, to may and continues the game. Yeah. So, and that's the thing I definitely could have not used. I would have much preferred. They just like decided to be normal and yeah. sat with the lesson, you know, you know? And they, they, they sat there. Somebody walks in with pizza and they all say decent, decent, yeah. decent. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then ends up, that's the, uh, that's the end of night in the woods. I thought there was gonna be one final song and there's not. Nope. I was like, oh, there's going to be a song called Stars because it's the name <laughs> of the epilogue and it did not happen. Yeah. 
Um, which like, there's so many parts of this that I absolutely love. There's just like, you know, I think I, I talked about it tons. So I don't need to talk about it more, but there's just the things I didn't like got in the way of the things I did in a way that was meaningful. Like it didn't, didn't stop me from liking the game. Like I thought about it a lot after I played it. I still think that people should play it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't help but like think that I would have just maybe my final like summation or the emotional impact would not have been different, but the actual experience of playing it, like I wish I could have looked forward to it. Like every yeah. time I sat down to play it, like I wish that I didn't put it down, like kind of annoyed every time I put it down because I was just kind of sick of the downtime mm-hmm. in it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There was definitely a measure of prodding myself to go back into yeah. it, which I mean, like that's frustrating. There's a tension there because for as much as I liked the stuff that I saw, like I, it just, uh, it, it shouldn't be that I have to work to do it, you know. Well, and it's also really meaningful to hear from you, who was doing what, and and you can correct me if I'm speaking for you if I'm wrong, but like what you considered to be close to a completionist run, yeah. And then having there be major things that you missed, mm-hmm. you know, like Scott's point, like when he did the video, was like, well, that's what gives the stuff you catch meaning. And I just don't, I don't think you're telling that kind of story, like I. This just feels like something like very novelistic in a way that all the parts can prop each other up. And the parts that we both got that were very good would have been better with the whole story, which maybe we would have got in a different media, mm-hmm. you know, or we definitely would have gotten a different media. You don't skip pages when you when you read, you know, like, so I don't know, like it just I, I can't shake that feeling. And I'd be really curious, like I need to find more of his responses because I'm very curious as to like. If he ever did anything, maybe the the one that I saw where he just kind of threw it out mm-hmm. was after he'd been asked a thousand times. Yeah. But wherever the first time he talks about that and it's like a meaningful talk, I really want to hear that because I'm just really curious as to why that's so important. You know, I get that like you work in a medium and like I make games, I don't make books, you know, yeah. but it's just for the art. Like, I don't think that's inherently a bad idea. I can think of lots of things that should be a different media, mm-hmm. you know, or it would just be stronger. Like it'd be totally different, but like transferring media would strengthen the strengths of this and uh, address a lot of the, the failings. Like, how cool would it be if you could go back and revisit some of the imagery of this instantly? You know? Great. Like, do you want it? Like, I would love to, like, like camp out on, you know, you talking to the giant cat or reread some of the monologues I really liked. But now mm-hmm. to do that, I mean, obviously YouTube, but if I don't want to do that, if I, I can't just flip to a page in a book. Yeah. You know, and do that. Yeah. I mean, I would keep this book out. In fact, yeah, like, would be mid- a coffee table, yeah, mid- midway through playing this game, I went and looked on Fangamer. All that they have is a t-shirt. But like, I want an art book or I want a poster or something like, I'd like, the, the, this, this work is important enough to me that I want to carry it with me in a way that I can see and acknowledge in my day-to-day life in the space around me, you know? Uh, but it's not there. Like, in final, like, I was trying to think of this as it stacks up to games we've done for the show, right? And like, the way that I feel about it, I think I'm a, like a little bit cooler than you are on it in that, I think that the things this game does well and the specific things it does are very special because no other game does them. Yeah. Right? So, like, there's there's not another game that has this kind of naturalistic feel of the 20-year-old weird kids hanging out. There's no other game that deals with these kind of issues of, like, personal depression and such as it relates to economic depression and late period capitalism and such that's all incredibly valuable yeah right and just the fact that it's the only one that does it that's awesome i would know you know that has tons of value it still just ends up being something i didn't like playing you know like i didn't like sitting down to it like i didn't have fun when i was doing it like all the fun was in those individual scenes 
that I had to wait for a lot of the time mm-hmm. and in reflecting on them. Yeah. You know, so it's just very hard for me to throw this up into the, like, you know, Super Metroid Hall of Fame for WAF, even though it has higher highs than that and talks about, talks skillfully about things that are way more important to that. Yeah. Like, is is a game still really, really good if all the parts of it that are gamey are detractive? You know, if, if the fact, like, the gameness of this is all bad, yeah. like, it's all a detraction, does that still, is it a good game then? You know, that's like, that's a tough question for me to like think of. Yeah. I just, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to collapse everything down to a single statement and throw out the, throw out the amazingly high highs with it. It's, yeah. it, it, it is a, it is a complicated thing to talk about this, you know, in a, like a comparative media way. Right? Yes. Like it's very hard to compare it to anything else. And that's to its credit, right? Like yeah. it's a singular thing. I don't, I've yeah. never played anything like it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's awesome. Again, that's awesome. But like, man, like, Every single gameplay aspect of this I didn't like. Like no. other than perhaps the music mini game, which was like I can it was copied from other music mini games. It wasn't a unique thing, but like we didn't really talk about it. But every time something comes up where like for some reason instead of just doing this thing, I have to control a little hand to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not additive to me. Yeah. Like I just I was like, man, why is does this feel is this a pacing thing? Do you feel like the game has not been interactive recently? Yeah. You know, is it like um. Uh, God, uh, the manhole? Like, is it the idea of just having things to flip around and play with as being, you know, inherently valuable? I don't know. Yeah. It just, like, all of that stuff didn't work for me. And the stuff that worked for me, like, hit really, really hard. Uh, but I, I really would have loved it as a book. Yeah. Like, it would have it would have been my favorite book I read this year, like, hands down, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and go in and, like, that version of it, that graphic novel version of it is the part I'm going to keep with me. Yeah. You know, like, in my head, the, the ideal version of this that took less friction no no i mean as it stands i'm going to carry this game around me around me for a while it talks Mm -hmm. very clearly about things that are very important to me issues of mental health and issues of you know economic justice you know just stuff that you know i hold dear to my core i guess i don't know i feel that that feels overwrought but um you know it talks about those things artfully in 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 a great way I would still recommend this to somebody who I knew had tolerance for the things there, but like, I desperately wish this could be something I sang about from the, you know, from the mountains, you know, for like from the rooftops, like as it stands because of those complications and because of the way that it doesn't make excellent use of the medium, this is going to be relegated to an extremely qualified recommendation. You know, when I, when I love something, I want more people to experience it. I want them to not miss out on it. I want to be an advocate for it. That is incredibly fraught and difficult mm. right now. So like this made a huge impression on me for the things that I did well, but like, um, I don't know. It's, it, it, it is, it is strange to feel something this deeply and then not immediately feel compelled to go out and share it or compelled to go and like look at it again. It's, I mean, it's, it's very, very similar to, um, pathologic. Yeah. In that respect, right? It's not quite as far down that, like, Pathologic is a game that I really love that I don't think anyone should play. Really? Like, I don't, you know, I don't, you shouldn't play Pathologic. Like, the remake might be good, but also, you know, we did a good episode on it that tells you the cool parts. You know, like, I don't, but the, uh, so it's not quite as far as that, but I just, I know so many people who would hate this. Yeah. Like, if I went into, uh, like, you know, my, my game playing friends who are not related to the network, you know, like, I, I could not suggest this to them. Yeah. You know, because they're just going to get bored because it's slower than molasses, you know, yeah. and like the game parts are bad. It's so empty, 
you know, and I just, I, I think that like that, that I, I, I sympathize to that point. Like when there's something really, really good, you want to be able to share it. And this yeah. ends up becoming a thing that I think is hard to share yeah. and was shared to me. Like this is, you know, the fact that this was so renowned and everything, like, you know, before we play this, like as a reminder to listeners and you, like I'm the one who put this on the indie horror month. Yeah. Like I was like, I really want to play this. It's been on my backlog forever. Like, I really want to play this. I know it's kind of stretching the definition, but like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that to take credit for it. I'm saying it to be like, you know, this was sold to me as in an unqualified way. Yeah. You know, if somebody had said to me instead, like, hey, this does a really amazing things and it's so good and it's essential. Just really, really buckle up for 10 hours of walk in. Yeah. You know, then maybe I would have felt differently. Like it was not, you know, it was not a qualified share to me. Yeah. You know, and I, and I also, just before anyone says it, like, I recognize that is specifically a sensitivity to me. Yeah. You know, I know that that's a little bit just me talking, but I got no one else I can talk for. So. No. Yeah. Um, very, very beautiful game. Like, and it's hard to so in the right place. And I'm so happy that it was successful and these people can keep making games. Um, and not just because like, you know, Scott was on Bonfire's Side Chat. Like, we're not friends or anything. He doesn't really know me. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just Twitter mutuals, which is not a whole lot of thing. Um, but I'm very happy that like, Something this singular, even if I had problems with it, was rewarded with success. And I hope that they make something new and that they do it with an eye towards growth. Because yeah. I think they can they can very easily get into Super Metroid Club. Yeah. You know, like they're they're so close to it now. Mm-hmm. You know? So Yeah. Um, Good stuff. So next week we are reading your responses to Indie Horror Month. So mm-hmm. it has already passed the deadline time. However, if you have thoughts about next month's games, you can go to duckfeed.tv slash notes. Gary, what's the game that we're talking about next month? The games that we're talking about next month. Games we're talking about next month are the uh, the Witcher 3, the final DLCs, Blood mm-hmm. and Wine. And we're talking about Hellblade, Siuna's Sacrifice. Yes. Which I need to start. <laughs> I'm sorry yet. I feel like I'm getting behind. I'm no, to get I'm, here. I am. I am terminally behind right now. It is a real mess. Uh, yeah. However, I'm looking forward to both of those. Me too. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, both of which are really great. Um, I assume I don't actually have a place. Uh, Hellblade. Lay. It has a very great reputation. Yeah. At the very least, they'll both be interesting. Yeah. The um, yeah, uh, and then we will be announcing in the next episode what we're doing during December, yep. which is one game. One game. Winter WRPG. Start yeah, your guessing yeah. now. Yep. You've already started your guessing, and some people have guessed right. Many people have guessed wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing hints, because you'll find out in a week. Yeah. Um, the uh, If you like this show, if you want to get episodes a week early, like you can find out what we're doing for winter WRPG <laughs> sooner than any, sooner than, than most people. Lord it over your uh, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> Lord it over your saddest friends for whom even the smallest advantage actually is meaningful yeah if you if you try to lower this over your friends and someone actually feels jealous please let us know yeah um yeah but you can do so and most importantly i think uh support us like Mm -hmm. if you like the show if you listen to it you know it's a long episode we work really hard on the show if uh if you like this uh hit us up at patreon.com slash duckbtv and uh, show us some love yeah uh, there are also a bunch of other shows on the network that you uh, can check out. Uh, we stand by them. We think they're good. Uh, Monster mm-hmm. My Podcast started back up, and that is a lot of fun to do. We are talking about uh, the Mo- Malleus Monstorum, the Call of Cthulhu uh, um, uh, monster manual. And, you know, we talked about some Lovecraft stuff here. Uh, that's a bunch of Lovecraft stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If uh, if you, you know, in that show, if Shadowrun wasn't your thing or D&D wasn't your thing, maybe this thing will be your thing. Yeah. You know, 
the uh, yeah, check that out. And we have a bunch of other shows on the network. Um, we recommend checking them out at the very least. Not everything is for everyone, but there is something for everyone, yeah. I believe. Um, ratings, reviews, uh, telling your friends, all that stuff is also very useful. Yeah. Uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Um, they should watch out for boomers.